This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Lizard Lift. Lizard Lift is the Uber of lot lizards. Easily find and match with truck stop ladies in your immediate area. Lizard Lift takes the guesswork out of the hunt. Stop accidentally soliciting Blimpy's employees on their smoke break. I've been a truck driver 27 years, and I still can't always tell an Arby's waitress from a truck stop whore. When I roll into an Oklahoma City pilot station 3 in the morning, last thing I want is a large Mountain Dew thrown at me. And now you can test your skills with the new in-app game. Lizard Wizard. Lizards are always slithering and on the move. Catch them all to collect points and rewards. And you'll feel safe knowing all you'll catch is a good time. All lot lizards are rated and inspected with fixed fares and complete coverage from Pimp Insurance. Everyone wins with Lizard Lift. Hello, and thank you for cracking another road soda. Can I get you anything else with that? Maybe another road soda. On this episode, knock, knock. Psych, it's Walmart, we don't knock. And who's that wild man on Discovery Channel's new show, Guardians of the Glades? I'm Isaiah Cooper, and with me is... We have the world's most expensive shove, Something old, something new, something bombed, and someone stabbed. I'm Greg McGinnis. Stabbing. We'll do a lot of stabbing on this episode. Stabbing right into it. Bone stabbing. Bo- they call me Bone Saw. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you ever want to write into the show, we say that's bone a good Bonesaw at gmail. The, the Bonesaw at gmail.com. Hey. That is my personal email address, and we don't give that Just out. Just for the ladies. Whoa. Whoa. hi Guys, we, we think it's a great idea if you want to write in. We love to hear from you. We want to know what you think of the show. Maybe you want to comment on the Millennial Book Club segment. You can do anything, really. Please send that to roadsodamail at gmail.com. And then also you can follow us every place, uh, like Instagram and Twitter, at roadsodapodcast. Again, that's at roadsodapodcast. And um, get yourself a... One of these awesome postcards. We'll send them out to you. Uh, all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. And more. And more. Greg, out of the newsroom, into the into into your your house. Snatched from the headlines. Snatched from the headlines, like a, like like a like a piece of fruit, on the dirty streets with, of a from a fast moving bowl. And a, and a, yeah, as a, I'm Aladdin, and I grab the fruit anyway. Greg, AI translates baby cries. Oh, I love this type of stuff. When they're like when babies or pets tell people what they want, they're very simple. Like what baby only th- says two things: I'm shit or I'm hungry. Right. And if you can't already tell what that means, don't worry. We've got a computer to do it for you. Babies can try. (laughs) Babies can cry because they're sick or in pain. But sometimes, okay, a lot of the time, they cry because they're hungry, cranky, or just feeling like stretching. 
they're developing vocal cords. Those are the worst. Those are the worst. Those just, are just the fucking worst. Crying for nothing. The, you're crying for the sake of crying now, aren't you? I swear <laughs> to God, he's crying for the sake of... Don't shush me, Karen. Hey, Dad, I'm just trying to stretch my vocal cords, motherfucker. They need to be stretched. Translate, baby translator says. Anyway, it looks at patterns in the various types of baby cries. I guess how they would do this is they have an AI learning system and then they feed it like millions of babies crying and uh, at different times and then uh, just see if it kind of finds some kind of pattern in there. And I guess they've done So that. they know what the previous million baby cries are. They go, this one is he's hungry. Yeah. This one is he has to shit. Uh-huh. This one is he has to burp. They do that millions of times over, and then... And then it learns. The baby has to burp. I need to burp. I yeah. need to burp. Which I really, have shit. I 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 have shit. the baby voice. I want the Australian. I have, I have shit. I have taken a shit. <laughs> shat in my knickers. I have shat in my... <laughs> Walmart will now deliver food straight to your fridge. I love it. Do ya? Yeah, I'll give the fucking guy a key, man. Let him bring it right in. Yeah, he doesn't need a key. Why? Well, because fuck my wife. As long as I leave a fucking gallon of milk, I don't give a shit. I don't want to have to. Well, worry that's about all it. part of it, Greg. It's a the <laughs> plus star, all encompassing plan. Walmart just announced a new service for people who don't want to or aren't able to come to the door. There's a very fine line between don't want and unable. Uh, are not able to come to the door to pick up their groceries. That's right. They'll walk in your house. They'll put it... It's only a matter of time before they're all They'll put it right in your fridge. Yeah, right in your fridge. And it's only a matter of time before they masticate your food for you and they baby bird it (laughs) right in your mouth. That's probably more like a Whole Foods thing. Hey, while you're there, Danny, could you change my colostomy bag? What, so you don't you don't like this? Are you making fun of it because you don't like it, or just because it's a novel concept? I think it's, it's I don't think it's novel. I think it's an inevitable direction, and it's an unrelenting and unstoppable direction of like where we are going. And I'm not joking when I say like the next steps are Walmart people wearing this uniform. You're gonna see them like walking everywhere. They're gonna be everywhere. They're just gonna be on the clock, basically handling people's shit for them. And it's gonna be either that. Or then it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be I'm coming home and I'm like. Who the fuck is in the bathroom? The fucking wall got more of my guys taking a shit in my yeah. bathroom. I can't even shit. He's taking a shit. They're going to do everything for you. You're just going to be able to sit there with a virtual reality mask It's on. not going to be Walmart, though. I've already figured this out. You know those doggy doors that people have for the dogs? Right. You're going to have one up top for the Amazon drone. It's just going to fly <laughs> right in. That's right. Put shit where you need it, and then out. And then out. It'll wipe your ass. Ah, come on, Amazon. Wipe my ass. Wipe my ass, son. Hold on. Uh, it's a little loud. I'm sitting on a drone. He's almost done. Dude, it doesn't matter if you like this stuff or not. You just don't have you don't have a choice. The wait, so the Walmart thing, I want to tell you my personal thing is my wife will sometimes order the groceries from Walmart. Right. And you drive and then you don't have to shop. Yeah. They tell you like an hour. You drive over, they have like five parking spaces. They come out and they drop You go out, you say I'm in parking lot three, and they'll throw the shit right in the back of your car. That's yeah. super convenient. All of the Publix, all those places will do it for you. Yeah. Publix will do that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You don't even have to shop. Right. At yeah, I know that. I've never um, seen that. Um, there's a fellow at our work who's a bit incapacitated. I know that does that. Who's a bit incapacitated? <laughs> I know that does that. He's a great guy. Uh, all right. Publix, though. Yeah. Huh. I'm like 99.9 percent positive. And guys, if that's not enough for you, NASA's officially opening the space station. To tourists. It's official. NASA just announced that it will officially allow regular citizens... Let me tell you something. If you are going on a trip to 
that the space station. Billion. Yeah, you, there's nothing regular about you. Mm. You're not a regular system citizen. Hold on, uh, this is not going to be the high prices that Lance Bass paid of a hundred million. It's going to be more like in the sixteen to nineteen dollars yeah, million range. Yeah, guys, don't you don't get it? It's going to be open for the regular citizens, not just certified astronauts, on board the International Space Station, as well as commercial and marketing activities. I mean, what I think it's really going to open up, and let's see, um, it's $35,000 a night to go to the space station. And that's Airfare not... Airfare included? That's not included in your... Airfare, airfare. not included. Yeah. They're not going to They're not gonna handle any of the airfare, so it's going to be things like uh, SpaceX or, um, oh shit, Bigelow Air and Space, like those companies are going to be the ones shuttling The Amazon people. one, too. He's doing one, too. Yeah, I mean, which whoever's got uh, space shuttles, I can get up there, and then it's going to be. If a you lot have of Prime, though, I heard that it's going to be massively reduced to only hotel twenty five thousand. Hello, uh, Isaiah, you have been selected for two free nights. You just have to pay for your airfare. Yeah, that's right. Round in trip space, in space, dude. It's basically just going to be a lot of extremely large companies. That are want gonna want to send people up there to do their own private research, or it's just like super accessible private place to conduct outer space research and like bullshit. It's gonna be fucking assholes at like GE and big companies sending people up to fucking keep their business. They'll send government employees up to keep those trillion dollar con, and a guy's gonna jerk yeah, I, off. And he's gonna be like, "I'm jerking off." I don't, what do you mean to keep their con? I don't get it. What do you mean to keep their contract? I don't. GE sells a bunch of shit to the government, right? So they'll fucking spend. Twelve million dollars to send fucking Bob Johnson, a big VP, at somewhere in the fucking government, up to space on a little side trip, or a fucking congressman, and then there's a fucking no no compete clause all of a sudden added to the deal, and they keep making their fucking hundreds of millions off our. I don't backs. understand how that works. That's everybody buys business, man. I don't know what you mean though. What I don't mean? understand how sending somebody up into outer space. He's the guy that gets to make the decision where they're going to buy their beds right. for the army from. Right. They go, hey. We want you to space. keep buying our beds. You love our beds. And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and they go, well, how about we send you to space for fucking four you days? You have to hope that that one guy wants to go to space and gives a shit to go to space. That's that's such a small market for them to like, this is like $35,000. It'll be the thing to do. People will want to go to space. I, I mean, you, You've people, never can, been? people can already go to space. It's not like it's a huge, like we, you, they have public transportation now with these different companies that'll send people up to space and they'll float in space. I mean, if somebody wants to go... That's it's not the same be as going to like a Holiday Inn Express, though. This is not a Holiday Inn Express, bro. This well, is you're a, in space. This is a floating tube of just discomfort and hell. And the only people who are really going to... It might be a handful Can't of people. Can't beat the view. Of Russians going to go up there. They might take a couple of Instagram photos, whatever it is. But for the most part, it's, it's, a, it's a research laboratory. It's not a fucking hotel. It's it's not built to accommodate anything but people that are like conducting research. But the people that are going to spend all that money are not going to go up there to conduct research, dude. It's They're going to be. I just I just explained. It's going to be selfies. massive. No one's going to blow. All right, I'm not saying that people aren't going to do that, but a vast majority of the shit. Him and gonna Kanye be, are going to be the first couple to fuck up at the space station. No, they're going to be like the fifteenth couple. Do you kidding me? Do you know how many people have sex in the space station? All right, that's true. The first civilian <clears> couple. I wouldn't even. I, w- I wouldn't. Yeah, even I agree say with you. That. They're not civilians. That was a I bad example. I wouldn't even say that. Anyway, you sound almost as bad as the racist Aaron BB Aaron host to kick out some black guests. Which monkey is gonna stay on the couch? She said. You're almost as bad as Jesus, that. Jesus, I need some context with that. Airbnb. Airbnb. So Air this B- is a lady B- that rented a room in her house, basically. 
Let me explain the story, Greg. Please. Has removed a racist host from its website. A viral video exposed the woman biased towards the group of black guests in New York City. A representative of the online platform that facilitates homes being shared. Everyone knows what Airbnb is. Uh, It's home sharing. And uh, the swift action where they got rid of her. But uh, let us just... Give me a moment here. Oh, we're going to watch a video? That's very short. I want to see some electronic racism. Just pull this up right here. I know. It, it does. No, it's Airbnb description. It says it's four in a couch. So that's five. You have it on your Airbnb description. Which monkey is going to stay on the couch? Which monkey's going to stay on the couch? Which monkey? Ouch. <laughs> but no, that's not what I meant. It's like, you know, like four little monkeys jumping on the bed. Like, no, no, no you guys misinterpreted. Which? Which? Which monkey fell off the bed and sleep? <laughs> come on. So she's pissed on. because four guys showed up and she was not expecting that many guys. Yeah, so she's pretty upset that uh, I, I. That's kind of what I'm gathering, and it doesn't. Uh, I didn't read anywhere outside of this article to get the backstory, because it's almost like when you get into a situation like that, that racist comment trumps anything else. You're like the reason doesn't fucking matter. The reason right. doesn't matter why she was. She was upset. There's a million things she could have said, and I do believe it was because they there more people showed up, and um, because then then we're supposed to stay there. She honestly, if it was a bunch of like Koreans or whatever the fuck she was, she probably wouldn't have cared. But um, <laughs> to be completely fucking honest, uh, but and and everyone knows that. Um, Dude, she, she, yeah, she's she that she was really racist. I think it is in New York. It was somewhere in New York City, but that is very. And the way she just like stares him dead in the eyes when she says that, so matter of factly. And there's like two or three people all with their camera phones already at like knowing like this bitch about to do some shit. We're about to get your ass fired, lady. Yeah, which monkey is staying on the couch? Not the best choice of words. I've heard you say that a couple times. Ouch. No, I always know exactly where they are. That's my <laughs> policy. I know exactly where they are. Oh man. Greg was telling me off air that he can say the N-word in every language. No, I did tell him what the N-word was in South Africa. What is it? It is, I think they say Kaffir. Is that, wow. I, I, I don't, I've never heard the word before, but it's making me cringe. A girl that worked with me dated a white South African guy for like mm-hmm. years, and they told me that was, you know, I mean, obviously the racism thing is super strong. They literally had legal racism well after you were born. Oh, yeah. Not, be, not before, not, you know... Not that you, like, are trying to move there because it seems like a paradise for you or anything like that, but, you know. No, I'm just I'm just saying, though, that... Uh, Doesn't that have, sound great? People have different attitudes, and if there was a white lady, that would have been, they would have made a much bigger deal about it, but I think she was Asian. I was what do you mean? I think they made as big a deal about it as they could. They fired her instantly, and there was, it's like, a It's a pretty bad comment. Articles. That wasn't... There's no real way you could not no, pay no. that poorly. There's... Yeah, there's... <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of course. She could have said a million different things. Like, she was clearly upset about one thing and then was like, but also had just deep down, like, thick rooted rage. Yeah. <laughs> it was the type of thing that she would say in her in her private life. Yeah. And she was worked up and she just. It's just a comment she'd up. toss at the TV every once in a while. Maybe. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You had said you had a, a news. Yes, this is a very big story. So right now the NBA finals are in, in a effect. The Golden State Warriors are playing the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Raptors! Raptors. And the Toronto Raptors! So there's a game, game three, in Golden State, which is in Oakland. Golden mm-hmm. State. They, they play in Oakland. 
and a guy from Toronto dove into the crowd to get a loose ball, and he went and you know he, like people had to jump out of the way, mm-hmm. including this young blonde lady who he was like coming right out of her seat, but she got the hell out of the way. Yeah. But next to her was her husband, and so as the guy that dives into the crowd is getting up, the guy reaches over and said something like "you fucking asshole" or what? He said something vulgar. That's all we know. And he just gave him this push. I showed you the video right before we started recording. What do you think of that push? Was that a vicious act of uh, terrorism? It was a fucking I think guy. that guy's a pussy. Right. It was a ridiculous push. I think push. everybody involved is a pussy. Right? So the, I think reason- the news is a pussy for, for putting the camera on it. I think the guy's a pussy for whining about it. I think the guy pushing the basketball player is a pussy for doing it. I think everybody involved. I don't blame the, the basketball player, especially right. in the heat of battle. Like, hey, that fucking guy shouldn't touch me. Here's why this is an actual story. And this is why this is so interesting to me. Because the guy that did the pushing is a part owner of the Warriors. A different team? The team whose home court it was. Mm-hmm. So the Toronto guy fell into the crowd. Do you think he said, what do you think he said? Get off me, you monkey. <laughs> no, he would have been fucked if he said anything. He probably just said, you fucking prick or something. You know what I mean? Because this young wife, right. this guy's like 60 and a billionaire. His wife is probably 36 and like, you know, a 10 and a half. She had to jump out of the way, kind of in the heat of the battle. This guy's like used to fucking ruling whatever he's around. He's a billionaire. He said, you fucking prick. He's not used to people jumping at him, mm-hmm. you know? Not that the guy was doing it on purpose. He reached out. It was a stupid thing to do, but we saw that it was a very mild little fucking thing. So here's what the here's what the league has come down with. That guy is banned from all NBA, NBA activities for a year. He's a part owner of the fucking Warriors. He's like a minority owner, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they find him $500,000. And they said it's because he's not just a regular fan with a beer in his hand that did it. He's a part owner. He should know better. Right. Now it gets worse. He's a part owner of the fucking Golden State Warriors. The rest of the ownership group has come together. And they've kicked him out? They're about to make him sell his shares. He's going to sell his fucking ownership of the Warriors. Because he pushed... For that push. That little... Are you fucking kidding me? They should put up a hockey hockey glass around the ring. <laughs> that would prevent Yeah, that it. would really fucking get those guys hurt. They'd be fucking smashing their fucking heads. Yeah, but then you can't kick the fucking hockey glass out of the game for a year so and then charge it, it $500,000. It would be like indoor soccer or something where the ball never goes out of bounds. Maybe they should let, let no people in there at all. No, there'll be bounds, but then there'll be hockey glass and there'll be people behind it. So you got the bounds and you got 10 feet. And then you got but how people. would the ball go out of bounds if you have like a Because wall you got the bounds. You got the red line and then 10 feet from the line, you got a wall. Oh, and right. people sit behind the wall. Oh, all right. So the ball can still go out. Or if, and if it hits the wall, it's also out. It's out. It is kind of weird that the, the game is always just kind of allowing like, people to run into like people. Like, literally be on the fucking sidelines and somebody, go, like, shoves the guy. Like, a Over pussy the years, shove. I've seen it go He ran ways. back into the game and got bowed by somebody else twice as hard in the bitch. In, in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. He probably got the shit beat out of him over the course of the game. This old guy shoves the him. The guy's like, and he's like, this old rich guy but now, shoved me. But that's the weird thing about basketball is I've seen it go both ways where a guy dies into the crowd and, like, fucks somebody up mm-hmm. that weren't paying attention. If a foul ball hits you, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah. If you're looking to the left with your hot dog and a dude that weighs 220 and a big dude slams into you, you're going to fucking get fucked up. Yeah. I've also seen it the other way where the guy goes to make the save and there's, like, a big fucking cameraman and it, like, hits him in the balls or his knee or something. And it's like, why can't they just put a little... Sp- that's not going to happen in a football game. Mm-mm. you got, like, tons of space. they got between- walls. People are, like, 15 feet up looking down on yeah. it. Like, it's an arena. Hockey's different because you're right there and you're smashing into the boards. Mm-hmm. So people want to be right there fucking yelling, but there's no actual way to contact. And then in baseball... Every once in a while, someone reaches out and gets a fucking saw, a foul ball, or that guy that fucked the game up by reaching out into the field mm-hmm. for the Cubs, Steve. 
God, whatever his fucking name was. Godwin. Bartkowski. Yeah, yeah. They chased him out of fucking Chicago. He had death threats. So I I don't understand why they have to have this fan situation. But those tickets probably... Big news. I'm sure everyone here has heard about it. Including not me. I didn't hear about that. This is a big story. It's such a big story. Yeah. Maybe if they put it on uh, Sunday morning. Or Cartoon Network. Or Cartoon Network. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that they're coming down so hard. Would love to hear if anyone else shares my uh, distaste for how hard they're coming down on this guy. I'm, I'm not usually the guy that's in the corner of billionaires, but this is just such a I think they should have bullshit. chopped his left hand off. I mean, they pretty much did. Uh, although, by the way, a related note, he bought into the Warriors back in 2013, and they were, they were good. They were pretty valuable at that point, but they've won the national championship two times in a row, and they're in the finals right now. So it's so got to be his, his his doing. No, but the value of it is way up. So he bought in at 2013. His stake was worth, the team was worth $750 million. Well, thank you, everybody. Now they're worth $3.5 billion. So part of me thinks that this whole thing was maybe orchestrated by the guy. Maybe he can't sell his shares until something vests or whatever. He's like, hey, now you got to gotta land on me. I'm going to shove you. And then, uh... Or he could just be, once this happened, he went, hey, I want you guys to make a big fucking deal of this. I want to... I want to sell my piece. I'll sell it to you guys, whatever. I want to cash out. I need the money. I got my fucking jets. I got something going on. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it went from $750 million, It's now worth $3.5 billion. So his shares have more than four times over in value since 2013. It's a lot of fucking dough. That's, a, that's more dough than we have. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Crest Taint Whitening Strips. The top taint scientists got together and the results are sparkling. Crest Taint Whitening Strips. For a taint so bright white, you'll need an eye mask for your asshole. I've heard all the same promises. 10% whiter, 20% less burning. Big business is constantly lying its way onto my taint. Sometimes my taint is arguably brighter, but then the burning increases. Or when they come out with a product that doesn't burn quite as much, I don't get compliments on my taint. What will make these strips any different? Those assholes at Colgate don't know their taints from their teeth. Our guys called their lab and they are using the exact same strips at both ends. Teeth strips on your taint? What are you, an idiot? Crest Taint Whitening Strips. For a white so bright, your balls will call your asshole to shut the hall light off. A Popco brand. Greg McGinnis, can you 93 us? Yes, episode 93. I'm getting very excited. By the way, episode 95 is a milestone episode. Why is that? Because 95 will mark the the anniversary of us starting every Monday. Oh. We started on 43. 95 Are you trying to tell me that we did we've done 52 episodes in a row without interruption? Is this that will, what you're trying to tell me? This will be 50. Oh. So that's kind of cool. But on 95, on 95. But 93 is where we're at now. That's the year that I graduated high school. Big year for me. Oh yeah. 93. You were talking at this point. I was I was chanting it up. Yeah. Good conversation. I'm sure it was great kind of, I'm sure, not paving, much has changed. Pay, you're right. Paving the way for for this. Paving the way for this. You were training for this. That's how I like to think of it. Uh, what happened in 93? We'll talk about a few things. Uh, 1-20-93, our first black president, Bill Clinton. That's right. Becomes the president. That's right. You heard it first. There was a lot of bad shit that happened in 1993. That's what I remember. Unabomber. Not the Unabomber. Oh. Well, actually, he was bombing like from way before this, but I don't think 93 was a huge year for him. But 126, <laughs> six days after Clinton becomes president... 
the first World Trade Center bombing was was uh, committed. And it wasn't the Unabomber? It wasn't the Unabomber. <laughs> it was uh, Terry Nichols and some other dude. And and the Sunshine Boys. Do you remember how they did that? Terry Nichols and the Sunshine Boys. Do you remember how they bombed the World Trade Center? I was just learning to talk, man. They loaded a van. Oh, and they drove it. Drove into it into the parking garage and blew it up. Jeff Bridges made a movie called... Fight Club. Something where they made a, they did that whole thing. It was interesting. They tricked him into doing it in the movie. It had a really cool ending at the mm-hmm. end. He was like... No, I know where it is now. And then, bam, the fucking blew it up. Six, only six people died, but that's a lot. But over a thousand people were injured. They blew up and fucked up a lot of that building, the World wow. Trade Center. Um, also, what I remember is there was a really hot tennis player that was rocking it. She won in 1991, 92, Monica Sellis. You know who that was? Did that name ring a bell? Mm-mm. She was like the best girls, women's tennis player at the time. She won. You know they have like four major tournaments that like they do this in all this all those individual sports. Australian, Wimbledon, which is in England, U.S. Open, French Open, and I think like when I was in high school, she won or like it was in the finals for all of them. And then April thirtieth, nineteen ninety three. She's at the height of her game. A dude ran onto the court and fucking stabbed her right in her back during a match. With a fork? With a racket? With a boning knife. Ooh. It wasn't like crazy. It only went in, <laughs> st- it only went in like an I'd inch. I'd stab her with my boning knife. It would, I totally would love to stab her with my boning knife. But uh, it, it wasn't like a huge thing. Like he didn't like do massive permanent damage that killed her, you know, game or whatever. But he was a, he was a fan of Steffi Graf, who was like the old guard top women's tennis player. Big fan. Yeah, and he was pissed because Monica Sellis was ripping big, it up. Big fan. Arby, arguably the biggest fan. I mean, I don't think it's arguable now. When you stab the competition... <laughs> What's there to argue about? You'll at least be automatically become president of the fan club. At least, right? Uh, but it did fuck with her after that because... Oh, yeah? Clearly, you know, now... They actually changed it, so if you ever seen a tennis match, the, the guy that sits and does the line sits up on that high chair staring down at the line, and then the competitors sit on either side of him staring onto the court. Right. But they change it for that year so that the people that were playing were back-to-back with the guy. Mm-hmm. So they could uh, constantly be reminded that anyone could run out from the crowd at That's any right. time. Check for boning knives. But they didn't do much with the security. She was always pissed about that. She lives in Sarasota, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's lived in Sarasota I for a I bump into time. her all the time with my boning knife. She's re- she's actually from uh, like Eastern Europe. I want to say she's like Czech or something like that. And, dude, when I was like, so 90, 90, I'm um, mm-hmm. 16, she had the most pronounced, anyone 40, when I mentioned this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. She had this awesome, like, every time she hit it, you know, girls said, ah, ah. She was famous for it. She was fucking awesome for it, dude. That, that's what we had before you porn. You kids have all these crazy things you can just say, Siri, show me we some had crazy shit. We had Monica Sellis' crazy animalistic yelling, and it was perfect for my boning knife. Uh, Yugoslavian, she was. Great. I was so excited that you gave that because I really needed to know. Well, no. I mean, come on, man. I'm a completist. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I remember from uh, from 1993 is Monica Sellis, Waco. Oh, I'm sorry. It, uh, February of, two, of uh, February 28th of 1993, Waco, the Branch Davidians. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's uh, Ted Kaczynski and the Unibomber boys. Close. That was David final Koresh show. in the Branch Davidians. This dude set up this cult thing in Waco, which is a little south of Dallas, kind of middle of nowhere. And they weren't right in downtown Waco. They were like 
off on the outskirts of Waco. Which, you don't have to go far to be on the outskirts. That's true. You, in fact, any direction you drive five minutes, you pass that stoplight, you're in the middle of nowhere. He built this big thing. He was, like, banging all the girls. It was, like, guys. It was their wives. There were the kids and everything. They were stockpiling weapons. At some point, when the FBI was, like, there's how many... There's, like, 150 people living in this, like, compound. Mm-hmm. And they That's were, like, they call them. guns and, like, you know, serious guns. Like, fucking assault and semi-automatic and da-da-da. All this shit was in there, and the FBI was like, we gotta go sniff this out. Immediately becomes a big standoff, obviously, because he's fucking everyone. He's fucking the ladies. He was the fucking dogs. The, he was he's fucking, fucking the cats. guys. He was fucking the women, the guys, and the kids. He didn't... Yeah. I mean, that's the point of, of a cult. If we any of us had the balls, that's what we would really would do, is set up a cult, bring a bunch of people, and you could fuck everyone, and you're like the lord of everything, which is kind of neat. I'm but, good. <laughs> yeah, I, well, right. Everyone's got their line, but you don't know. Once you've fucked everything... Then you know you got to find the next. And you start killing everything. There's always another plateau. Always another I guess hill. so. You would have to ask David Koresh. He, who you can't because he's dead. He was killed. Seventy-six people were killed in a fire when they did this whole standoff thing. It went fifty-one days, dude. Mm-hmm. So this is not like four hours. Like, come out with your hands up, or we're gonna fucking fifty-one days. So they were like, legit. That's a long time to have the FBI in a standoff with you. Yeah, it just shows how shitty they are. It ended uh, right before Monica Sella. So, just to recap, 126, the World Trade Center bombing. Then, my favorite little tennis player gets stabbed. Uh, then the Waco thing goes on for like two months. It ends on April 19th. Then April 30th, Monica Sellis gets stabbed. So, I don't know. There was a lot of like shit going on. But I was also graduating high school, too. So, it's like one of those blur things where like the outside world wasn't as important for me. You know, I remember 1993 very fondly. The movie of the year in 1993. What won Best Picture? David Ted Koresh Kaczynski. and the Sundash Dance Boys. The Unforgiven, which I think we both agree was a kick-ass Western. Of course it was. Western. Yes. At, for Any of you sons of bitches take a shot at me. I'm going to kill your friends and burn down your house. For the longest time, it was like the last good Western. I mean, they've come out since then. They've, they've come out with other Westerns, I feel, like, like The Hateful Eight and whatnot. That I think are really good westerns. That picked it up from the... Uh, I think that was a great western. Really? Absolutely. As far as westerns go, yeah. I thought it, it had was awesome. Some, it was alright. It had some... Uh, it had the same pacing as The Unforgiven. It was slow as shit and then it got exciting. I loved it. If, you, if you're trying to argue it that it wasn't a good movie, not I think it's silly. It's, it, or you're arguing that you just personally don't like it. I have seen some westerns since there. The Unforgiven, but I really think it stands alone, I think, because... There was a bunch of westerns before that were kind of half-assed and silly and not really well thought out, and then there's been some since. But I really think that Unforgiven stands out. I'm not against the hateful eight. It wasn't a bad movie. I just, I, we, I mean, it's just like argument of opinion. I my opinion is I think it's like I like the movie a lot. Right. So. <laughs> Ninety three, me, Greg. <laughs> I just want to let that sit. Uh, there were not a lot, of, a lot of other good movies that year, so fuck that. Although the Crying Game came out that year. That was a big deal, again, for King Your favorite school. movie. Well, that was like the movie that we'd all throw around in the old days when everyone was, you know, the biggest like inside two high school dudes, you're Gaylord, or you're a homo, or you're... Fa- the Crying Game comes out. None of us saw it because it wasn't aimed at high school kids. It was like a, you know, high, high air art piece or whatever. But at the end of the movie, it turns out the dude was... The chick was a dude. So then, once we heard that, still nobody saw the movie, but then I was like, a Crying Game got worked into... What is this, the crying game? What are you in the crying game? Hey, let's go, crying game. You know, I still haven't seen it. But you don't have to lie here on the air, Greg. <laughs> we all know your favorite movies are the crying game. Your favorite western is Just Broke like Back 1993 Mountain. all over again. I'm getting burned with the crying game. The number one song from 1993 
Whitney Houston, theme track to The Bodyguard. Got nothing. I Will Always Love You. Still got nothing. You know that song, though. They play that <laughs> fucking... You hear that in the grocery store once a month. Um, but two good songs that I did like from 1993. There was a song by this guy named Snow who did like this half-assed Jamaican rap stuff. A song called Informer. You know that song? Informer! And it was like... Made up fucking words. I don't even know what he said, but it was like bum skiddly bum. Da, 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 da. You mean like scat? Not really. It was like it's it was cheesy. It was like a thing that people were doing at the That's time. Scat. 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 That's scatting. Okay. Now, I, not really. It wasn't scat though. It was supposed to be words. But if you just said it's made up words, brah, that's scatting. It, all right. How about this? It was almost unintelligible because I think the little line was oh, kicky boom boom dead. And I was like, I don't. Is it an actual word? I don't know. We'll, we'll give it to him. He was scatting. It, it sucked. It was catchy in 1983. But I'll tell you what. Another song in 1983 was awesome. Nothing but a G thing came out. That whole Dr. Dre album. Was that the Chronic? Was that the album? I mean, I think I've seen the T-shirt on White Kids. So yeah. On White Kids, dude. That was an awesome fucking album. You don't like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg's first album? That was a great album. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I've just seen a, I've seen the shirt about a thousand times on a thousand different white. What's kids. the shirt look like? It's just the album cover, which is what the Chronic, which with is Doctor Dre's fucking face on it. Oh, okay, yeah, it was like a white. Wasn't it, I? I don't remember it all that well. Yeah. The album cover. I think it was white with like a gold mm-hmm. uh, frame around it, and then what? Just a picture of Doctor Dre's head, and, and it just says the, the Chronic. Chronic, and it's a T-shirt that just any white kid's gonna be wearing at any given time. Hipsters with big wide frame glasses. It was a big deal back in 1993 for sure. That actual song was a kick-ass song. I definitely remember loving that song. Um, Top TV shows. TV was very serious in 1993. Like, the top (laughs) shows were not good shows. It was like all these stupid news programs. Like, uh, the top show in 1993, 60 Minutes. It's Mm -hmm. not very exciting. Seinfeld was number three. Behind 60 Minutes? Behind 60 Minutes and Tim Tooltime. Oh, Tim Allen? Tim, Ta- Tim, yeah, what was he on the show? Tim? The Tool Time, the Tool Man Taylor. Tim the Tool Man Taylor, yeah, that's what he was. 60 Minutes, then Home Improvement, then Seinfeld, then Roseanne, then the fifth show. I wonder if you even know this lady, but she was huge in 1993. The show was called Grace Under Fire. Do you know who the lady that was in Grace Under Fire? I'm sure if I saw a picture of her. Even if I say her name, I wonder. Her name was Brett Butler. Again, if I saw a picture of her, probably... You might recognize her face. She was like a like a country tall blonde country lady you know she wasn't trying to look young she was definitely she was trying to show the salt and the age on her mm-hmm. that was her whole mo she's like the the no nonsense mom getting it done middle class mom it was funny she was like she was more gruff than most tv moms were i think you know not, it wasn't like any groundbreaking thing but she was going to say shut up bobby where all the other moms were like now like the mom from home improvement is a perfect example Total bullshit. Like, right. nothing ever revolves around yelling mm-hmm. or unproductive shit. She's always like, let's sit down and figure out what is happening. That was not Brett Butler. She was like, hey, shut up. Roseanne type type of thing. Right. And Roseanne was right there, too. Uh, nothing. I looked down the whole list. Like, none of those shows are, like, very memorable. I mean, obviously, Seinfeld was like a pass. It was on in 93. But a bunch of shit, dude. It was not a lot of good TV in 1993. 60 Minutes. That was the good TV. So, wait. 60 Minutes was number one. Uh, number 15 was 2020, which is basically a fucking ripoff of 60 Minutes. 17 is Primetime Live, which I believe is another one of those shows. Like Dateline. Like Dateline. And I bet you Dateline, 
Alright, I can't go too I don't think Dateline was out back then. I think Dateline's relatively new. Yeah, so TV was shit in 1993. Music was... Maybe for you. I love 60 Minutes with Barbara Walters. I, I mean, I've seen 60 Minutes sometimes, you know? Sometimes they'll have something that's catchy on it, but... It always reminds me that I'm about to have to go back to school or work. So I have a very negative connotation of 60 Minutes. Oh, it's I on that. Sunday nights? Tonight. You bet your ass I'm sitting you're down. You're going to be going to bed in three hours, and you're going to be fucking working or at school. Wow. I like 60 Minutes. All right. Can you name any of the people? Barbara Walters. I already met him. Name a second. Anderson Cooper's on 60 Minutes. Bullshit. You want to bet? All right, but I'm talking original cast. Fuck Anderson Fuck Cooper. Fuck your original cast. You they were on it for like 60 years. David Koresh, Tim Allen, Tom Kaczynski. Tom Kaczynski. You wouldn't tell me none of those people aren't on there because Morley you... Morley Safer, Ed Bradley. And I'm Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney used to do those things. You, did you ever see Andy Rooney? No. Do you ever notice he used to, do, he used to close the show with like this little thing where he'd be like... You ever notice these little plastic things and pens? You don't think much about... It was always some stupid, irreverent fucking thing. But he did it for like... I don't know. It was on like... When I was born, it was on and... Sunday morning? died at like 90. Did you ever watch Sunday morning? Never. Oh, I love Sunday morning. What's Sunday morning? It comes on Sunday mornings. But what is it? New show? Yeah, it's just like 60 minutes or something. It's like an hour long. But they're always... It's not like... Negative. Is it the political stuff? I feel like the Sunday morning shit's always no, like political. It's not political, and it's, it's just interest stuff, and it's never like bad news. It's all just like good stuff. It's like just interest pieces for like an hour. I like that. And then they, they do like a, um, like at the end they do like a, I don't know, dude, there's just something about the pacing and the feeling of that show. Yeah. That's on Sunday morning with uh, Charles Osgood. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy that I remember that. What, I other, what other 93 stuff you got? Um, that's what I got for 93. He's got 93. I got shit for 93. I was two. Hey, Dave. Can I talk to you for a minute? What's going on? I was driving to work and I hit a bum. He's dead. I panicked and I put him in the trunk of my car. Now I don't know what to do. That's a no-brainer. Just check into a Motel 9. How is staying in a motel gonna help me? It's not just a motel. It's a Motel 9. You know, they'll close the blinds for you. At Motel 9, discretion is our obsession. With unstable floors and soundproof walls, no one hears a thing. And none of the staff speaks a lick of English. And our unique wide pipe plumbing can handle 10 pound load flushes. You can make anything disappear 10 easy pounds at a time. Like your neighbor's Shih Tzu or a stripper. At Motel 9, you can rest easy. We'll close the blinds for you. Hey, Bill, uh, can I show you something in my trunk? Hourly and nightly rates starting at $25. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Mobile bingo corral. Nice. Ah? <laughs> nice. Uh, we're back again. We are doing the Millennial Book Club, the segment where we just fucking watch Netflix originals. We tell you what to what to watch, what what the assignment is. You watch it over the week, and then you come back and you listen to us talk about it. I guess. Anyway, if there's anything to ruin, we're gonna ruin it. And uh, this was a fun one. The characters, no rules, no expectations, a half hour to make their mark. Eight different comedians, 
each get an episode to show their skills in comedy. It was interesting. You had like eight people plus another cast of characters to do eight episodes, and each one of them was clearly driven by one right person. So they each kind of did their own thing. And this came out in 2000... 2016. So a little 16. dusty for us. Yeah. Which I... Where has it been? Where's, how can we have never seen it? So you, know? you made a little... Maybe people didn't catch it, but you little, made a little remark when we announced that this was the next one. You said... You were looking at my Netflix thing and it said I had watched five. But very misleading. <laughs> I drunkenly had started it like a really long time ago because I wanted to look at it. I didn't know a lot of the names. I knew Lauren Lapkus. That was the only name I knew. And I said, oh, that could be funny. And I started watching it like whatever the hell time it was. And it just ran until Netflix said, okay, we've run enough. All right, he's drunk and asleep. Yeah, we just wanted to cover two and a half hours or whatever. So that's where it stopped. And I, that, that's honest because when I went back to even start watching the Lauren Lapkus one... I only remember that stupid Whitney Peeps thing she did. But I'm glad that we did watch it because, I, like I said, I had started it. So it was kind of Netflix had already looked at it. Let's just push it down the pile. And making us do this, I was so glad because I watched – I just told you I just watched the run of all eight of them. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to talk about all eight. Right. How many did you watch? I believe I watched four. four. And then I went around to the ones that I didn't watch – and I would watch like a couple of seconds and then I would just scroll through real fast and just jump in on. That was my plan things. actually because we had talked. We just did Tim Robinson's thing. Right. He had episode seven. And uh, we said we at least want to watch Tim Robinson's. Yes. Uh, you know, the first couple and then that one. So I wasn't going to go all the way. But uh, did you watch the Henry Zabrowski one? Uh, yeah. Henry, Henry Zabrowski is yeah, what do you the know main from? character in Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. And that show is by far one of... You know how uh, all of a sudden Adult Swim used to have like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Space Ghost Coast to Coast and all that stuff? I don't know if you... I don't think you would recall this. Because you didn't have any kids and you probably had no reason to watch You're building memories for me though. Episode by episode. At that time, yes. (laughs) Somehow we're meeting in the middle and creating a whole memory. The... uh, so yeah, they used to have just like Space Ghost and like these old cartoons, like Hanna-Barbera cartoons that were like maybe repurposed and stuff. But then they started making live action cartoon, not cartoons, but shows like uh, Tim and Eric, like uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show. And um, But anyway, this show came slightly after all that. I never really had anything for any of those shows. Like I'd watch Tim and Eric's Awesome Show. Every once in a while I'd be like, all right, that's kind of... It's know, hit like, or miss. Yeah, it's hit or miss. But then this show, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and it's it's pretty much all in front of green screen, and they it's like hell is set up like a corporate office, and they're in hell. And like, you know, the boss is Satan, and it, dude, it's, re- and he's like the main character. It's really, really fucking So he's, is he Satan, or is he like the main? No, he's like, he's like the, the main shitbag that dies and goes to hell, and oh, it's okay. him like his first day in hell and stuff, and... Then he's you know he's working in his cubicle with like all the other guys and just the stuff that you would have to do like they have to go up to the surface and do shit. And he seems funny like dude, from it's his really funny. What did you think about <laughs> what did you think about his app in this? I was like this is exactly what I would expect him to do like he's that's yeah that's him he's really funny I, I every time I've watched the, the level show, of commitment some of these guys go to where it's like in some cases you're like. You go totally naked because you just don't have the confidence that your shit is there. But then when you watch him do that naked thing... Shameless. Is that actually him, by the way? Is he actually that fucking hairy? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Or we put it past him that he put all that extra hair on him to make himself look like a fucking... (laughs) The worst... 
<laughs> dude, he know. even walks funny. Like, there's this, there's just something about him, dude. He's he embodies his humor entirely, and he commits. Like, that's such a perfect word. There's a, oftentimes when somebody misses the marks, misses the mark, and they're not as funny. Like when they try to do something. The and maybe you can't define like why wasn't like it wasn't funny, but why was it? It's because they don't commit, like they don't push it all the way there. They don't like they do. He's one of those guys, he's like a Galifianakis locked in. Whether this (laughs) fucking tanks or goes, that's what I'm fucking doing. You gotta lock in, you gotta commit. Yeah, he did the he did the um, I there was a lot of stuff to laugh at in his thing too because he did the one where he kept on coming back. Uh, he was doing like reincarnation, yeah. His he died and then he goes to the like the uh. The saint or whatever. <laughs> He's got the, the octopus. Octopus sucking his dick. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh... But, and then he keeps... Te- yeah, it's basically like a... It was a funny concept. He was like... He keeps coming back and the guy who was... What was the accent he was trying to do? Like a <laughs> Middle Eastern... changed a couple times. He, he, it was all Dude, did up. you realize that he was like the, the lunch cart guy? I didn't realize that until after a while, but he actually had like a wig and like a brown face on. He was the lunch cart guy. The guy that played the god guy. Yeah, it's the same dude. Uh, Henry Zabrowski. Henry Zabrowski. Was he both dudes? Yeah. He was himself. He was himself, he was and the, he was like the brown guy that was selling him shawarma. In but the was he beginning. also the guy, the like the... He was everybody, yeah. He, yeah, I couldn't tell because they, they did a little <laughs> something with it. I was like, is that him or one of the other guys? I don't know. Yeah, dude, it was really good. It was. There was, there was some good funny in that. And then, for me, the thing that I walked away from him, obviously, was that big, long one where he shows up buck naked to like a what you think is a first date, and he does this wicked, extended, detailed, so stupid basically thing. basically what I was saying. I actually was laughing so hard because he's like, I was the long and short of it, I was beaten, all my clothes are taken away, then they started raping me, and everyone in the rest was like, oh, and then he goes, then it got worse, though. I started getting really into it. Like, super hard. Like, I've never been that hard. And then they're all like, oh, my God. And then he goes, and I lost my wife. Basically, now that I think of it, the same exact story. And you're like, what the fuck? And then he's like, I'm just going to propose to this chick. And she's like, this is a, this is supposed to be a business meeting. And I'm a fucking lesbian. Yeah. It was fucking funny. You did not expect all that from fucking that one. Uh, but so, wait. Let's go back to the first. That was the third of eight. The first one was Lauren Lapkus. Yes. Who I really like. But I did not like her her app. You I didn't, didn't know, yeah. and I and mostly because her through line. So mm-hmm. they all basically did a handful of characters, and they all had their own idea about how to mix and match. Sometimes they did like a A B C A B C. Some of them did A, and then you know just jumped around with the characters and had them intermingle and meet and all that. Uh, the, actually, the very last guy, that guy Doctor Brown, he did an interesting thing where he kept doing the same scenario, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. But, I mean, he wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't all that funny. It was more his observation about living in New York, I think. And that that type of guy was funny. So I I did enjoy that one. But Lauren Lapkus, she did that character, that Whitney Peeps. Uh Like that single celebrity thing. I didn't... They just made her so shitty. And they they gave her like the over orange face because with the fucking tan. It's like, you are wearing lipstick on your skin. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and she just put that cutesy voice on. And, you know, I get what she was doing, but she did it. I liked the little kid character she did. I liked... Um, didn't, didn't she look exactly like the uh, the guy from Road Trip? Did she look like the guy yeah. from Road Trip? And what's so funny is as soon as I Googled What guy it, from Road Trip? DJ, DJ Qualls. And that's not a... D, DJ is his name. But if you look at the picture... 
Yes, they look. They oh, do yeah. look similar. Especially when she when they had her dressed up like the little boy with the hat. It's like the same hair, even. I mean, that picture isn't as good. Like there is seeing her live is better than the pictures I can find online. But you know, you know, I'm gonna say this though. There's something about I do like her. I think she's like attractive. But there's something they, you know, when she goes into characters, they're always fucking with it, and they're always accentuating the weird because she wants to be funny. Because I, I think she's cute. She was a prison guard. Did you ever watch Orange Is the New Black? No. She had like a not a huge role, but like a you know repeat regular role. She was one of the prison guards, and she was cute in that. Do you remember the part in hers when the uh, when they're gonna go to that what's that that restaurant called? It's like a Dave and Buster's. Yeah, whatever it was called. You, 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 yeah. I, yeah, it was like a they Dick and Balls or something. Wasn't Dick it? And Boners? Dick and Boners. Yeah, Dick so, and Boners. Is yeah, and you know how before they actually went in there, they showed like a commercial for it? Like a fake commercial for yeah. Dick and Boners? Yeah. So the in that commercial, there's like a group of people sitting there like laughing and like there's a... Uh, I went to high school with one of those girls. Really? Yeah. Who is it? Uh, she's nobody famous. Just She was just an extra in it. That's cool. I, and what's funny, you recognize like, her on the fly? Yeah. That's I recognized cool. her on the fly. I was like, no. And I went back and looked at it. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I remember seeing screenshots of this like on her Facebook. I was like, holy shit. That's definitely her. I was like, that's unmistakably that's, her. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, uh, her, her, But her piece, I didn't like. The one thing I did like from hers, I don't know if you remember it or not, but one of the last characters she did was the stripper. That came out and danced the depressing song to the fucking Ben Fold song, Brick. Yeah. The song about... You know what the song Brick is about? No. It's about like a dude and his girlfriend that have to <laughs> like go get an abortion. Oh, Jesus. And it's like Christmas Day. They're selling their fucking presents and their parents are going to find out. Dude, I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> it's like a very sad song. Yeah. And I she comes tell. out stripping and you just hear the piano music. Like, that's fucking awesome. It's a great depressing song. The whole... Yeah, I... Um, I did like Bobby Moynihan. I, that, I don't know who Bobby... He was the guy that played. She was like, what are you doing here, Carl, at the bus station? She was like, can you just call me Chuck, his dad? I'm Chuck, his dad. Oh, yeah, he yeah, He was yeah. like the boyfriend. He was. He kind of just came in at the end. Right, right, at the very That's end. That's a Saturday Night Live guy. He, had a, he is? Yeah, he did a good job with his little cool. car. Oh, my stomach folded weird. Ow. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Because sometimes there's somebody that comes on screen, you're like, man, I wish there was more of that guy on screen or more, more of whatever that person was doing. How did you feel? What was the what was the second one? Is that the one with the uh, whole thing kept taking place from like that that wedding? Was that the second one? Oh, the second one was um, yes, yeah, the the gay guy John Early is the guy. Yeah, that one wasn't funny. Uh, there was a couple <laughs> things that I thought were kind of funny. <laughs> that one wasn't funny. There was a lot of parts where I was like, "That is," um, the, I think there the are blonde, people... the blonde. Um, I guess transsexual comic guy that he played mm-hmm. that was up there, ladies, and then I told him, and he was just like literally doing his tell like it is routine. Yeah, I thought there was some funny in that because it was just so fucking weird. I was like, sometimes you just see something, you're like, I don't even know. I don't know, dude. I went to school with like a bunch of kids who are like in tranny, like uh, what is it, bingo or whatever? What's it called? Um, it's not called tranny bingo. They would never call it that. The thing at the Golden Apple. Yeah, they have uh, something bingo. I think they call it. It's not Tranny Bingo. It's not Tranny Bingo? <laughs> it's, it's, it's got a different name, dude. They would never call it that. Drag Queen Bingo. Drag Queen Bingo, yeah, yeah. It's I so much sure. more politically correct. We're drag queens, please. Dude, it's much different. I didn't dress up to be called the Tranny. It's Mrs. Drag Queen, you. <laughs> you just don't get it. It's different. But, I mean, and in the whole thing, I'm like, he's very good at what he's doing. 
He's good at acting. He's he's a, extremely spot on with like what his uh, reactions are, like how he's doing stuff. Like there is a like when he realizes his husband or soon to be husband is getting more of a reaction out of everybody, and they uh, because he's just being like so true and real and everything, and then he starts faking acting like he's fainting. I'm like, I know there's people here that are laughing at that. I know that's the funny part, and. Uh, and but it's and it's I just I don't know I just I've um, I don't know it it wasn't it wasn't it was like I was like that's very real it's very realistic relatability is a part of like uh, all this stuff when you're laughing at stuff and the guy was just not somebody that I really related to you know what right. I mean I was like I don't know that guy I don't know what I that know. dude is and I'm sure some of the jokes went over my head because they were like oh my god we all know that guy and I was like. Right. I don't think I know a whole lot of that guy. <laughs> so, or the guy that at least would make that, you know? Like, they're not actually that way. Because being that way is like, you're that's a really bad person. Not like... Empty, vacuous, empty va- purpose. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah, but, um, it was uncomfortable to watch that guy. Yeah. The, the, the main, the very first one that he did at his own, like... Wedding reception pre whatever. And he like keeps talking over there. He's like, no, 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 tell the story this way. No, no, no. Like you're doing it. You know, you stand it with that. Okay, it's like, dude, oh my yeah, god, yeah. that guy's the worst. And it was nails on a fucking chalkboard, <laughs> and that's what he was going for. So I guess that you exactly. Know. So he did well. That's what I'm saying. He, I'm not taking anything away from his talent. What he was doing, he was fucking doing great. And the, you saw the Henry Zabrowski one. Did you see the Kate Berlant one? I didn't. That's I, actually, I started it. I kept flipping through it, and then every time it started, it was like she was the fashion person again. I was like, I thought this was supposed to be a bunch of different characters. I didn't. I didn't like hers, and yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if you don't like someone, they're gonna have to work twice yeah, harder. Yeah. I don't like how she looks. I just don't like her. And that's. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> and it painted yes. a lot of it. And she's just doing this like affected art thing. It has nothing and, to do with her humor. She could be the funniest. I just don't like. The way she looks. It just why well, it's not like there's nothing she could have said that would have made me laugh, but she just had such an uphill battle, and it wasn't that great of an app. You know, it was a lot about that art shit, making fun of like high culture. You know, there's so much stuff that's so subjective that you can easily just be like, "You're a fucking idiot." Mm-hmm. No, I've studied it for ten years. I fuck you. You're wrong, and there's no argument. You know, so it's like there's a lot of insecurity about do I do I really know what I'm talking about or. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what she was playing on. But yeah, uh, of it wasn't that great. The next one was Natasha, the uh, African American woman, mm-hmm. which I didn't think I was going to like that one, dude. That was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it really was fucking funny. She did this song at the end about being a basic bitch. She had like all these people in it. She had another girl from Saturday Night Live do like a verse in that. It was funny, and she did this really funny thing where they're in the doctor's office, and this white lady comes in. You know, like super white lady comes in and she's the doc. She's the doctor, and there's another guy, also African American, that's like the the guy that checked her. And so this, there's those two and this lady. She's talking about. They go, well, let's go. What's going on with your arm? She goes, oh, you got a case of chiggers. And then the whole thing is playing on chiggers. So they start talking about it. They're like, oh, you know, they're moving in. She's like, let's kill him. She's like, whoa. <laughs> and they, the, you know, the the black guy and lady keep looking at each other. And then at the end, it gets like super. Obvious, and she's like, "Are we talking about? Are we still talking about the chiggers?" And they're like, "No, we ain't talking about the fucking chiggers, bitch." <laughs> it was that was kind of funny. And then uh, the next guy was that this guy Paul Downs. That one was actually worth watching. I really fucking liked that. I did not expect anything from that one. Paul Downs was that the one where it starts out like it's like in a, in a theater. Yes, he did his whole thing yeah. in the theater. That whole thing takes place in at uh, UCB New York. 
Okay. That, that theater's a very recognizable theater. That's, that's where I, I used to go every single Saturday night. They had a free comedy show called Whiplash. I saw fucking everybody there. It was All you had to do was register online because they only had so many seats. If you didn't make the registry, you would just wait outside. On They had like... If you had a ticket, you waited on this side. If you didn't, you waited on this side. They let everybody in. And all the people that registered but didn't show up, I mean, they need to fill those seats so they let people in from this side. So you have a chance of getting in. But if you grab them like early in the week, you always get in every single time. It's completely free. They sell beer in there. You buy a couple drinks and you sit. And dude, every... Anyone remember what that you saw? Hosted by Joe List, who does um, Tuesdays with Stories. He's a, it's a podcast. Yeah, I've heard of that. So yeah, did, Joe List was the host, and then every single everything I want to do, I saw Jim Gaffigan so many times. I saw David Tell. I saw. Um, oh, I, so it wasn't all just like improv. It was like stand up. No, this is the only stand up show they do. Oh, it's, okay. In, it's called it's called Whiplash. It was just stand up comedy. Okay. It was and because I never went to anyone went to any other shows. It's like the only one of the only. They ha- I think they do have another stand-up show, but that one is, like I said, it's all free. I've heard people talking about Whiplash. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Dude, I've heard them talking about it. You see a lot of people you've never like seen before, but then... Or, uh, or will ever see again. Or, I mean, no, they're, if they're in that room, like they're not just... They didn't accidentally stumble in. There's not an open mic. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking show, and they... I mean, well, you might see a Paul down, so right. like, he might not be someone we ever see again. But right. he did a couple of things. Like when he started his, you, the cold open for everybody was kind of the same because they had yeah. so many people. They did like the going into the backstage area to their dressing room. And his, when they go, Paul, you're on. He goes, okay. Did you see the very beginning of his? The coke, he snorts a slide of coke like 10 feet. There's like a loop-de-loop. Then he like drops onto the floor yeah. and picks it back up. I thought that was pretty funny. And he did the blind detective Mm-hmm. the blind detective so he's got the cape you could see he was kind of mimicking stuff that he had done on the stage because he did like he'd show you him coming out on the stage the cane comes out and then he's on a Segway mm-hmm. with a cane and he's like drives around the stage trying to find the edge of the cane and he's driving around on a fucking Segway then he's the um, the detective he comes up on a body and he's like feeling all over it touching all over the tits then he's like he licked so the lady has to lay there and they put did, it was funny that they did so much camera like Right in her face while he's like licking the inside of her lips and in her nose, like barbecue sauce. Check this place and those cigars. You can only buy in one place. Get me my Segway. And he's like touching all over this fucking lady and running around. It was, it was fucking funny. His was actually better than I thought. But then the piece that we were both looking for. What do you think about Tim Robinson's episode seven? Uh, it was exactly what I thought it would be. It, like you said, actually, it was going to be just an extension of. It's gonna be like a, think it's gonna be leave. like an eighth episode yeah. of or like a exactly. prequel, right? Because this came out like three. This is what exactly. got him that show. So almost, guess, almost guaranteed. They get almost guaranteed that all these people were on this show, and then uh, his probably over time since like 2016, 17. They're like, wow, everyone's really likes everyone. Do you, out of all of them, do you think that was the funniest? Yeah, one? I do. <laughs> I do. I do. And I, you know what I loved, and I thought it was gonna be stupid. But did you well, did you think there was one that was better? Uh, what do you mean, his, one that was better than his? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely liked the uh, Dabrowski one, but I yeah. didn't see them all. I yeah. just skipped through, like you know, I watched little pieces, parts of different ones. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, his, it was really funny, of course. Uh, another skit I think that was good was the um, Natasha did a she did a homeless guy on the train. That was, like, the announcement was made on the train. Like, I want money from you people. 
and I, I sleep in the whatever, and I live in the New York Public Library all day because it's AC. Mm-hmm. So I read all the shit. You guys, you guys are watching Game of Thrones. I read them all. And I'm gonna <laughs> fucking give shit away. And it was fucking funny. And people were like, and she goes, really funny. she goes, so if none of you motherfuckers want to give me your HBO Go or HBO Now username and password, I'm going to fucking tell you what happens in season six. And some dude was like, he just writes it down. He's like, here you go. She goes, you should really use a fucking capital letter, motherfucker. I could I could have guessed this. <laughs> dude, that it was is a funny so, concept. That is really, really clever. See, I think maybe, and whose was that one? That was Natasha, the uh, African-American lady. Yeah. She, yeah. she was way funnier than I thought she was going to be. I just, I, I, I didn't watch that one. Like I said, it was, like, I don't, I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch the, the one with the guy that did the birthday party thing. Obviously, I read it, but I didn't was actually. Oh, that, that was, was the very last one. one yeah, the very yeah. last one. And, um. He kept using the same line that I know you must have heard where he's like, everybody he meets within like a couple of minutes, he was like, hey, uh, buddy of mine's having a shindig right next door. If you want, you're invited. Why don't you come in? And they'd be like, oh, you know, and then you go, no, come on. Just come. Whatever they said, he'd counter with, just come for a beer. And then they were like, okay. And then he would like go off and do something else. And it was like he was collecting people. Right. But And then he actually went to the party. So now the first person he talked to is at the party. It's wicked loud. And they're having a conversation. He's like, what? I can't, I can't hear you. You can hear them. And then he's like, I live right next door. We can go. It's quiet. Let's go next door. And everyone was like, no, I'm just going to. I, I can't even hear you. Come on, it's it's quiet. It's next, and he gets everyone back. It was kind of funny how he did it right. because you know that that's something that happens all the time. A little shindig, my buddy's throwing right down the street. Come right. have a beer. Yep, that was his whole thing, though. Uh, so with Tim Robinson, any of the skits jump out? Was there anything that you? Were you not a fan of that? Did you not? What think do you was, mean? No, I said yeah. It was definitely the funniest one. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't even get. Yeah, as soon as I tried to answer that one, you started talking about the Natasha thing, and then you jumped onto the Paul Robinson thing. I, I just did. said I didn't watch it, and then you started talking about that one. So what we were originally on talking about was the Tim Robinson one. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very funny. Like even the very first, the first one uh, with him saying that stupid Frank Sinatra thing. I think what makes Tim Robbins so great is it's not just. Like, he's really great at acting the parts that he's in because he wrote it. It's his brainchild. Mm -hmm. So he fits into what he's looking for so good. Like, you could put someone else in that same... Sammy Paradise. You could put someone else into that same role doing the same thing, but there's this extra level of, like, awkward uncomfortableness or whatever it is that he's bringing to it, that that specific... Because every single one of his skits is... Like, you get it. We all get it. That's why we think, think it's so funny. But it's like you couldn't have someone else. Do you it. couldn't have someone else do it. It's like he get he understands that idea and he he explodes that emotion so perfectly. Yeah, and like, it, dude, it's so it's uh, it's flowing yeah. in that direction so much until I'm putting everything on number seven <laughs> snake eyes. Like, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck? Immediately the rails come oh, off, the music stops, and he just totally fucking flames out. That was awesome. He runs over here and he takes his thigh. He's like, hey, give me that thousand back. And he takes a thousand, put it all in black. What is it? Red. No! <laughs> he literally puts it down. He's like, I'm back in the money. Black. No! <laughs> Dude, that one went a little bit long. Usually, I think that's one of his skills is that he gets you going in that direction and then fucking makes a hard zig. Uh-huh. And then you start laughing. And before you're done laughing, he's moved on to the next one. Right. That one maybe went a little hair too long, but it was fucking solid. Although he takes the wig off. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> look at this wig. I got no hair on this side and only a little... Who wants a three-quarters wig? 
anything for my baby. And then she's when he starts freaking out, just shut up, <laughs> dude. That is also very my like favorite skin. The pointing, yes, the pointer brothers. <laughs> the pointing brothers. This is going to take a long time, guys. The warbler will come out and touch you. Ladies, don't let him touch you. Seriously, don't touch you. Tim, you listen to me, you fucking creep. <laughs> Paul? Paul? Paul, you're not allowed to. <laughs> he looks like a big green grimace from McDonald's. And it, dude, so yeah, it's what, it was like a corporate event, right? And that it was, was just, oh, they got the Pointer Brothers, and they come out. It's three dudes in purple sequins vests. The guy that was on stage dancing with the mustache, he yeah. was in the uh, Tim, he was also in um, I Think You Should Leave. He was in. He was. I know. He. I don't know how many episodes, but he was definitely in the episode of I think you should leave, where uh, they were at like a car focus group, and they're like, "So, any idea for new cars?" And then that foreign guy, that Ooh. old foreign guy, Ooh. who's like, "You are really bad at doing cars, right?" Like, <laughs> that he's like, "Now you have to marry your mother-in-law." You have to do it. That the guy he was talking to was one of the Pointer Brothers. Is the Pointer Brothers? He was also the guy that had the mustache in the um, the one we watch now in the characters, where he's like, "Yeah, I grew a mustache over the weekend, uh, just like so and so." You're my best friend here. <laughs> that guy. That guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it was. I recognized him. He was the other Pointer Brother. Mm-hmm. That was the skit. That really had me fucking rolling. And, and I was like, for the rest of it, I'm the just... The Pointer Brothers? Any, yeah, it was a fucking... It, I did not think it was going to be that good. And very quickly, I was laughing because they just... He just knows how to... Let's bring a lady up from the crowd. Did we already point at you? Yes. Fuck. We already do one. And then he's like, oh, we're not paying attention to the guy in the crowd. How many people have you touched? He's like, a lot of them. And All he's like, four of these rows? <laughs> oh, jeez. That's going to set us back. <laughs> Dude. And he takes so such stupid. a goofy, goofy concept. Like it's almost it's it's almost like Tim and Eric, like their style, but he doesn't yeah. go all the way to where it's like people don't get it anymore and they're just laughing because they're like, Oh, I get it. It's that absurd. Like he takes it in that direction, but then he keeps it right in this zone of like fun super funny, but not outside that zone into like a different thing that's not funny anymore. Now it's just awkward. Now it's just if it is funny because it's just I think that you like, hit the nail right on the head because it's the absurdity of Tim and Eric oh yeah but they're like you think I'm going here and then you think it's going to go weird no we're yeah. going to 180 on you we're going to go back into the bushes by the end of this skit there's very few people that are going to still be with us that's right. our fucking goal and, and this guy is like I'm just going to take something that anybody would do you said it in another one but right. it is very similar to Tim and Eric in the beginning and then he keeps going back to like us as the viewer like in the crowd and people going like what the fuck is happening right. here? To like check back with us to show like, you know, this is actually fucking weird. And then he doesn't go super. He just gets crazy and exaggerates. <laughs> no, that you thing. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love like when it gets so when they get so angry like that. Like the Pointer Brothers, they like uh, everyone's like it starts off and they're all yeah we're gonna point to everybody. All right, we're pointing, and they're like this is gonna take forever. There's thousands of us. And he's like, there's like a thousand of us. There's like a thousand people. <laughs> they sent the guy in the and crowd then, to touch people and like make him get rebooted. What was his name? Is like Gumbwop or something? Yeah. His name, Gumbwop, is going to come to the crowd. And he's like, everyone stand up. Now, if when we point at you, you can stand down. Okay, and also you can put your hand up in the air. And then if we point at you, you can put your hand right down. It's like, we already have a way of doing this. Oh, yeah, like, two guys the- on the stage are arguing <laughs> <laughs> which way you should. Which way they should be keeping tally. And then that lady, when she was up there, like, get off the stage. 
He's like, she's like, there's no stairs to get down. Just lay down and roll off. Yeah, there's no stairs to get up. They're like, come on up to the stage. She's like, there's no stairs. Like, come here. Now they're like pulling this. <laughs> Pull her on the stage. Like, get up. And then they, she, she lays down. And he's like, don't worry. One of these great, nice gentlemen out here will catch you. And she just rolls off the stage. How about the last one that he did? The wrestling guy one. That was fucking good, too. Yeah. They just do keep doing the interview. They did. They, the they made it eighties. I love that guy's name. Was the <laughs> He's doing truck. the tough talk of a wrestling guy, and then they'd go to the after, and he'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna kick this guy's ass. He's done next week." Then the interview comes back to like, "How'd the fight go? He beat me." Well, you know, but he's bigger. Man, he's been. Too- I'm not worried about it. But you know who's gonna get their ass kicked? The next guy. And then they're like, "What happened?" Fucking, he made me a choke. Bo- he had me in a chokehold, and he said, to shit my pants." He's like, he's gonna choke me till I shit my pants. So you know what I did? I shit my pants, and I choose shit my pants every single time. It's either that or die. <laughs> so, it was, it was pretty funny. It was really funny. He, Tim, I, I, and Tim Robinson. I sent you an image, uh, just a screenshot, a while back. Tim Robinson is a. Um, He's on a Comedy Central show called The Detroiters. I've seen previews for oh, The yeah, Detroiters. Oh, yeah, Detroiters. Him and the black guy from uh, from the one that, um, from I Think You Should Leave, the guy that played the robot, and he was also like the game show host for that baby game show. Yeah, the baby game. The baby yeah, he pageant. was. Yeah, the baby game pageant. Anyway, that was, where would you place this, man? I would put it pretty, it was, it's, I love when they do this. Right in our wheelhouse. A showcase, yeah. It was right in their wheelhouse. They, you, they, they're showcasing these different comedians, and I like stuff. It's good, dude. It's it's not necessarily stand up, but I love seeing other things outside of stand up as far as comedy. And it's just and seeing people's like I think they they should do more of that because they have so many shows where it's like here's a bunch of new stand ups. I like giving them like do some sketch comedy. That's really interesting. Yeah, I love the sketch comedy people, and I think that's. Um, so I think that that show should they should. Uh, I feel like they could do something called Netflix the characters and just do it fucking have a thousand episodes and just let people fucking keep doing yeah. it or like you could do it season two three four and you could just keep doing it because it's kind of fun to watch people play within a certain range and do their own thing and yeah. the same cast of characters and whatnot you get good people in it it's, it's fucking fun. you heard us you heard us uh, Netflix now we got a lot of sway over at Netflix so. <laughs> Don't you worry, guys. We're going to get that show moving for you. And now, what do we got up on for the next Millennial Book Club? We, what do we got? What well, should we... Well, we've been having fun with the funny stuff. I think uh, we could keep going with that. I think one of the options we were talking about was... Because um, the next... It just came out this week. And yes. it's uh, Historical Roasts with Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross, so Historical Roasts. Yeah, they have different uh, comedians like Tom... Uh, sorry, like... Bob Saget, and uh, and they're gonna dress them up like and they dress them up like Franklin. like yeah historical people, and then they go up on stage and then they roast them. They have I guess a bunch of other comics roast them. So Bob Saget has to pretend he's Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, while other people roast him. Yeah, it's called historical. I mean, roast. It, it could be funny. The roasts are funny. Gilbert Gottfried is on there dressed as Hitler. How's that? Just Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it could be funny. What the hell? They've funny. already roasted everyone they possibly can roast. From David Hasselhoff to fucking Trump to yeah. every one of the guys the on the day. First president to ever be roasted. First president to ever be roasted. Is that yeah. true? Which other? Yeah, they probably did shit back in the 60s, but it wasn't on TV. Yeah. Like a legit roast of Jack Kennedy. Everyone probably was fucking really hammered. Jack Kennedy was a president? Yeah. JF Kennedy? 
J.F. J. If thought, it's Gerald, I thought his new first name was J.F. So, so all right, so we or, let's do that. And then, but you also had a suggestion that was more. It was a true story about an incident that happened. Yeah, it's which is also a, brand new on Netflix. Right, but it's a little heavy, and we've been sticking. We've been doing the funny, but it's when they see us. Which is now, if I hit my button on Netflix, it like automatically starts playing. Yeah, but uh, it's about this brutal rape that occurred in Central Park in like the early '90s, and these five black kids got railroaded and went to jail for like mm-hmm. 15 years. They have since, by the way, got out and sued the shit out of New York, and they're Ooh. like millionaires, and they're producers on this. Wow. I think that's going to be very powerful, and I think that it's going to be a very good conversation. Absolutely. So it's it's really it's me it's being a, a very hard decision of what we should do. Let's let's watch it. What do you think? And then we can come back with historical roasts next next week. We'll break up the comedy one. We'll do when they see us. When they see us. How about it? Let's do when they. I feel like I just railroaded you, like uh, Marsha Clark railroaded these five black kids back in 1993. Jesus, guys, get ready for uh, what was it? No, when now they see it, how they see us. How they see us is that? Are you sure? Yeah, positive. <laughs> I'm fairly Folks, certain, but hold on, positive is a strong word. And be sure to, when they see us. When they see us, you got to be sure to write into uh, the Millennial Book Club. You can send all your mail to roadsodamail at gmail.com and be sure to give us your mailing address when you do, because we send you a really cool souvenir postcard. That you get for uh, just appreciation, because we appreciate you, and we we love to hear what you have to say about what we've got going on and what we're watching. So we'd love to hear your feedback on the characters. The characters, loved it. and where would you put the characters? Uh, I would rate that as must watch because it's, it's must pretty watch. funny. It was really good. If you're only going to pick two or three, the Henry Zabrowski was good. Obviously, you know we love the Tim Robinson one, and I would also say the Natasha Natasha episode five. Way funnier than I thought. She did some funny... She put herself out in ways that, like, a Zabrowski puts himself out. But you wouldn't yeah. expect the African-American lady puts herself out right. in that... You know what I mean? Because yeah. people have this, like... You know, she just did some more Zabrowski-like shit that added to her app for me. That I thought she was pretty funny. Good. I, I'm very happy that we watched it, and I hope they'd make more of that. Next week is... Where when they see us. When they see us. Everybody watch. When they see us. And we'll catch you on the next one. NBC. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Mind Over Water. Energy. Vitality. Relaxation. Invigoration. Mind Over Water. Mind Over Water offers everything you can possibly want. Will it hydrate? Yes. Does it taste good? And will it make me feel good? Yes. Yes. Will it make me full and content? Yes. And also happy. Mind Over Water is the only bottled water that will do everything you can think of. Full amino profile, high protein, high gluten, vegan, gluten free, beef, chicken or fish, dairy-filled, and lactose-free? Sure, just for you. If you think it, you can drink it. Mind Over Water, a Popco brand. So, episode 93 of a different podcast, wow, that was really loud all of a sudden, episode 93 of a different podcast, 10% Happier with Dan Harris, 
You ever heard of Dan Harris? Maybe. You know what? You might have heard him. He does ads for um, meditation. Okay. He was a guy that was on ABC News, and he tells the story about how he had like a panic attack while he was on ABC News as like an anchor. Mm -hmm. And then he said he had to do something different with his life, and he found meditation. And now he's got this podcast, 10% Happier. I think he still works for ABC News, but now he does this big podcast. So episode 93 of his show was August 15th, 2017. He had this guy, Ethan Nickturn, on. Ethan Nickturn uh, called himself a Western Buddha baby. The fuck do they call themselves? Mm-hmm. Buddha brat. Okay. Comes as a Buddha brat because his parents were, you know, Western Buddha people, like, mm-hmm. you know, California Buddha. And now he's the kid of them. So Buddha brats. I'd, I'd never heard that before. Never heard that term either. He wrote a book. The reason he was on um, Dan Harris is because. I think because Dan Harris is friends with this guy's parents, uh-huh. who are Buddhist people. Is it like an NPR kind of show? It's kind of NPR. Is it made by NPR? No, it's no, ABC. Okay. It's AB, he works for ABC News. It definitely sounds very NPR-ish, but he publishes it through like the ABC News okay. whatever. Okay. But yeah, it, it's very NPR-ish. Uh, so this guy wrote a book called The Dharma of the Princess Bride. Okay. He drew parallels between the, the Dharma, the Buddhist whatever, and, and the Princess Bride, right. some of the things... It was uh, it was interesting. Thirty five minutes into this episode ninety three is where they really start talking about this. There was something interesting that I found podcast wise that I liked in this episode, which was they used this terminology in a Blue Apron ad where they were calling people Blue Apron Home Chefs, which I thought was so. It was like thousands of Blue Apron Home Chefs are enjoying da da da. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, really. They're calling people Blue Apron Home Chefs. Yep, I'm a home chef. Not no. not just a regular person that has to cook anymore. I'm a home chef. I was a Blue Apron Home Chef. Now I'm home chef. Are you cooking with... for yourself? <laughs> what are you, poor? Oh, I, I'm cooking for myself, but I'm not a home chef. I'm grocery shopping. No, you need to become a home chef. A Blue Apron Home Chef. Uh, this guy wrote this book, and it was coming up on the 30th anniversary. The Princess Bride is a pretty old movie. I saw that at the movies, by the way. I remember seeing it. Nine. You're really old. I am really old. Nine twenty-five, <laughs> seventeen is the thirtieth anniversary. So I started in eighty-seven. I was like twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about how the Princess Bride is a cultural touchstone. Would you agree with that? I've only seen it once. What do you think? Not a big uh, impact on it. I don't. I can't really remember. I just seen it. I saw. I just seen it, and now I, that's like I done seen it. And now I seen it. Now I'm like, all seen- right, I seen it. <clears throat> it was a big movie for people my age. It's supposed like, to be funny, right? Yeah, you didn't think it was funny? I mean, I got it. <laughs> Inconceivable. Yeah, that guy is the guy that sounds like he's on uh, Radio Lab. It's got a... Y- yes, Wallace Shawn. Mm-hmm. Um, it had Under the Giant in it. I mm-hmm. figured that you'd like that aspect. No? Why? I don't know. You're like a wrestling guy. <laughs> I'm <am> not. <laughs> How about this? This is another interesting thing about this guy. and it, There's more about the Princess Bride, but... This was really crazy that came up. When the guy, Ethan, the guy who wrote the book, was talking about his backstory, his grandparents killed themselves together in real life. Uh, in real life, the guy that... The guy that wrote the book, uh, The Dharma of the Princess Bride, who's being oh, wow. interviewed on this book. The Buddha Bride. His grandparents killed themselves together. Together. But then listen to this. This is one step further down until what the fuck. His grandfather had Parkinson's. And he was getting into the later stage. He said, I don't want to go I down that. This, yeah. And she went, well, fuck it, honey. I'm in good health, but I'm going with you. Wow. 
Wow. Where can I find one of those type of bras? Ride or die. Ride. She chose die. Ride, yeah, ride or die gets thrown on a lot. That bitch is <laughs> ride or die. die. My okay. ride or die grandma. Holy shit. There was... Uh, they talked about what were the lines in The Princess Bride that were like most... You know, like the most obvious Buddha right. Buddha symbol lines or whatever. And uh, there's a line in it where the guy who plays... Um, what the fuck's his name? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Tim Allen. No, the main character. The main character uh, guy. He says, life is pain. Anyone who says anything else is, is selling something. Mm-hmm. Which, all right, I can see how that's like a Buddhist thing. But they're not saying, although life is suffering, I believe right. is an actual concept. So that is pretty... That is, yeah. Yeah. But there's also, the, the guy argued that the most Buddhist line in the movie is said by Fezzik, Andre the Giant. In the beginning of the movie... The pirate is chasing. They kidnap the Princess Bride. They're crossing the water. It's Wallace Shawn and then the uh, Mandy Patinkin swords guy, swordman guy and Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. And they have the princess. And they're going and the boat is like closing on them. And they have to climb this wall. Remember, they have to climb this cliff face. And as they're doing that, they go, all right, we're going to leave the swordsman behind to stop them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Fezzik, Andre the Giant, says, you sure you want to stay here? And he goes, I got him. Don't worry about it. And he says, be careful of people in masks. Or he says, be careful. People in masks cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. Which is a good line. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I like that he picked that line out. Right. And it was kind of in yeah. jest, you know, because Andre the Giant said it. He's not saying anything. No one's looking to Andre the Giant for wisdom, but, you know, sometimes... I mean, you can essentially choose any movie, really, and then they might say words in sequence that you can then relate somehow to... Sometimes they say it and it's not as poignant as right. really they can take it. But in that case, I think, it, you know, it was kind of... In the 80s, movies were more earnest, so they snuck that type of stuff in more. Yeah, like Caddyshack. More than you get now. Nice and earnest. Caddyshack, a serious, very poignant movie. (laughs) Uh, The guy said when he was talking about Buddhism, I liked this line. He said, The path to mindfulness is about becoming more transparent with ourselves. I like that line. Yeah. I think that's where, you know, everyone is doing little white lies here and there, but it's like where you're lying to yourself is. Those are the most dangerous because you know it's happening and you're finding you don't want it to be true. So you're finding ways to just look past it at all costs. Those are the ones that hurt you the most. Because then they go, hey, you have cancer. What do you think? You were going to fucking eat a McGriddle every day and make it to 35? <laughs> I don't know. I, I They're just, fine. They're fine. They're I'm fine. not going to have two tomorrow. I'm just having, I'm not going to have one for a while. I just have two on Fridays. <laughs> McGriddles. He said... Um, I told you that in confidence, Greg. <laughs> he says, people try to come off like mirrors, but we're actually coming off as brick walls. I, I think I liked that when I was listening to it. I don't know if I have some such so for it right now. But there was a line where Billy Crystal plays the guy who makes... At some point, the main character dies. You remember that? And they have to bring him back to life. I mean, you probably don't remember that no, much. Man. But, but yeah. most of the people listening, I promise you, will remember that. They make this pill and they give it to him while he's dead. It's like a big walnut. And once they leave, Billy Crystal plays like the old guy that has that shit. And him and his wife are there and they're like, okay, have fun storming the castle. That's like a big line. Right. And that was a big line for this guy. And he was using, he was kind of saying storming the castle in Buddhism is the joy of just direct experiencing. The joy of direct experience doesn't need to be ignored. Like you don't have to just have these poignant experiences. You can enjoy 
perhaps an egg McMuffin mm-hmm. driving on the highway in Florida yeah. on your way to work. You can enjoy it. Stop and smell the roses, that type of thing. I guess that's the Buddhist. Stop yeah, and smell the roses. I do enjoy that. Mandy Patinkin is the guy that um, played the Inigo Montoyo. Remember the line? My name is Inigo Montoyo. You killed my father. Prepare to die. In real life, this is he, he calls himself a Jew-boo. Ugh. Which you can imagine. Uh, he born Jewish, uh, now he's a Buddhist. Yeah, I got it. Into meditation. <laughs> Jew-boo. Uh, you and one day may become a Jew-boo. You never know. Uh, if anybody who's a really a Jew-boo doesn't, isn't going to call themselves a, a Jew-boo. I just actually imagine you totally changing, you know, because everyone's gender and, uh, and sexuality. I'm, I'm religiously fluid. A gray, a gray old, old uh, Isaiah religi- with an old Asian... Boyfriend now that says, "Hey, what's up, Jubu? What's up, Jubu? I'm religiously fluid. <laughs> religiously fluid." He said that when he was in the movie preparing for this movie, he actually tried to get himself into a place. He was like a real hardcore method actor. This guy Mandy Patinkin, and he actually tried to pretend like his actual father was really killed by the six fingered man. If you remember, mm-hmm. who was played by Christopher Guest. Right, it's the six fingered man. Which I thought was a little bit much. I was like, really? For the fucking Princess Bride, mm-hmm. you tried to change your life. I think that could be like a funny, like, committing, dude. If when it's comedy, you, I think you gotta overcommit. I, I guess. I Jesus think that's what makes it funny. <laughs> uh, and also, they talked about uh, this is the last thing that they did. Oh, actually, the very last thing they did was ridiculous. It, it invalidated the whole thing for me. They said Ted Cruz, remember the senator that ran for mm-hmm. president back then in the the Trump election, is a huge fan of The Princess Bride and actually does a bunch of impressions of all the characters. Really? Yeah, they said he's actually really good. You can go online and see Ted Cruz doing most of the fucking main characters oh in Princess God. Bride. Oh, God. I don't, know if we, I don't know if that's a good idea. At the end of this whole thing, this guy's talking about he's trying to be very erudite and very well-spoken about Buddhist things. And the guy keeps saying, the guy, Dan Harris, whose podcast is like, I'm just a newbie in this, but this is what I think that means. What do you think? And the guy would be like, yes, that's very right. You know, I want to extrapolate by saying this and that. Then at the end of this whole thing, after talking about Buddhism for like an hour and a half, he's talking about his wife. He just met a girl and she's also Buddhist and everything's going great. And then at some point he just throws out, well, I'm a Libra and she's a Cancer. So blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I lost any respect uh, for anything the guy said just in that one fucking line. uh, Jesus Christ. Was it good for you? No, it was terrible. It was was an interesting ep though. I might suggest uh, episode 93 of 10% Happier. I like that type of shit, you know. Just introduce, yeah, ten percent happier. I think all those little nuggets that you can have in your day to remind you to just be happier, give you little things. I mean, that you can't have enough of that. Who Uh, doesn't? Who doesn't like have at least some little part of their life mm -hmm. like appeals to them when they hear ten percent happier? Because who the fuck doesn't want to be a little happier? I mean, there's always you can always be, and it's just a lot of gratitude. Like, like it's usually like how to be grateful for the things you have and how to do all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we forget. I think Mm -hmm. it's great that you. I mean, obviously this guy had a fucking meltdown on television, so I'm glad he has found the path. Usually that's when people get help, is when yeah. like they almost <laughs> die, then they go, all right, I guess I do have All right, I guess I can have two McGriddles every <laughs> Friday. <laughs> this episode of Road Soda is brought to you by PopFlix. PopFlix, the all-new video streaming service from PopCo. 
find out what everyone is talking about, and stream award-winning PopFlix original content now. Like My Old Bird's Box, BoJack Horsecock, and everyone's favorite, Doing Strange Things. There are hundreds of shows and movies to choose from over at PopFlix. We even have the classics, like Wet Hot Chinese Winter, Forrest Blumpkin, and the award-winning Schindler's Day Off, starring Stephen McConaughey and Willie Haroldson. PopFlix starts at $23.99 a month, and that's almost twice as much as Netflix. That's how you know it's better. PopFlix, a Popco brand. You remember back in... I told you that I used to do construction, right? Yes. I used to do um, I used to do what they call concrete tie beams. In Florida, you have to have uh, things up to a certain hurricane code, and then there's like above and beyond. And there's most of the houses, like the house you live in right now, or a lot of the developments are built all cinder block on a concrete foundation. And then on the very top of that cinder block, they pour like a foot high just cement slab that goes up like a foot and then it drips down in certain points on the cinder blocks all the way down to the ground and it essentially makes the wall and the floor all one solid chunk and then yeah so i used to do that and that's the only just so they stack the cinder blocks and then dump cement all the way the down yeah all cement. through the cells only and it and it, and then up on top of it you see like an extra foot high of concrete it's like just one foot tall like rectangular chunk of concrete that just goes all the way around the top it's yeah it's pretty it's it's um yeah, what's that extra one foot to it just gives it more like weight and more shit and because uh, they then they attach the roof to that and it's got there's these big like stirrups that come up out of the wall and they attach your trusses to those stirrups so i'm thinking if like you're making a house out of legos little right. two legos you do a bunch of twos and you interlock them and then at the mm -hmm. top you do like a couple of like right. tens Oh, to yeah. like really lock that shit down. A tenor. A couple of tenors. <laughs> a couple of tenors. I need tenors, man. Uh, so that's what I used to do. I did that for a good while, like before hiking. I did it before I moved, moved to New York City before, and then I came back and did it before hiking a trail and everything. But while I was doing it, there was a fella who was my foreman. And I don't think he was there the second time when I went back. I don't think he was there. He was my foreman, and his name was uh, Dusty Crumb. Now, Dusty Crumb was a really awesome guy. I don't know. Do you remember back in uh, a bunch of episodes back when I did that book called Mayaka Gold? Yes. Okay. He was the guy that was suggested the book to you. He didn't suggest the book to me. He said he grew up with that with the guy. Who wrote the book? Who the story is about? What was the guy's um, name? Something Clark, Danny Clark. Danny Clark. Nice. So Danny Clark, he was friends. Dusty was friends with Danny Clark's son. Okay. Gary Clark, right? Not the receiver from the Redskins in the eighties. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, but I I can't actually say that because I don't know, <laughs> but I can assume no. Um, anyway, Dusty. Uh, I think it was the two weeks ago. It must be because it's going on week three. Two weeks ago, Dusty, his TV show premiered on Discovery Channel. What's his TV show? It's called Guardians of the Glades. Dusty Crumb is, it's like one of those, you know, um, 
Deadliest Catch. Yeah, yeah, like Deadliest Catch, like one of those things where it's like based around a crazy job and it's like a group of guys and they're all doing this thing, whether it's... So he rides around on an airboat shooting alligator faces off? He uh, Python faces. Pythons. Guardians of the Glades and it's him. He's, I'm, I'm Dusty the Wild Man Crumb. I always wear, I don't wear my shoes, son. He told me that, dude, when he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do the, uh, he, he was going to do the python hunt down in the Everglades, and it was like when they when they did like a bounty and they did a contest. They've been doing that for years. And he hooked up with this guy uh, in town named Bill Booth, and Bill had a Nat Geo team with him doing like a documentary. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be on that. He's like, I'm going to do, I'm just going to sell it for the camera, son. I'm going to go crazy. He's like, I want to get my own show. And he's like, my thing is I'm not going to wear any shoes. I'm not going to wear any shoes. That way I can be out there and feel on the ground. People are going to love that shit. And he, dude, to this day, you turn on, he's running around barefoot out in the fucking Everglades looking for pythons. And what is it? Do they kill him when they kill him? Yeah, they murder him. And then what? And then uh, they, you can... Can you eat it? I think you can, but mostly they, they just sell the skin. You could sell the skin. People buy the skin up all over the place to make like bags and shit out of it. It's like it makes it makes good snakeskin leather is like who pays him? He just gets paid by the skins. Well, I think he gets paid by the skins. I think up until now he was they there's contests. They have bounties for him for like certain size snakes. Like they'll give you some a couple bucks for killing him. For like then, a fifteen footer or something. Yeah, he's actually he actually holds the uh, record for the largest snake caught in the Everglades. How big? I think it's like seventeen or eighteen feet. I believe. Wow. They said you need a one man for every three foot of snake like one man to handle it so if you have a nine foot snake technically you should have three dudes trying is to a python a constrictor yes okay yeah that could get fucking dicey cross dude there's this one dusty. in the first episode this uh there's a girl that's on his team and she's out with some other guy like running around in the swamp and they find a snake and she grabs it it's like a six or seven foot one and it like wraps up around her arm and like kind of around her head and she starts freaking out she's like ah God, like it's on me. And the guys like just relax, and they're like trying to pull, unravel it off of her. But she was acting like it was really squeezing her. I don't know if she could ham it up, but she may have been hamming it up. But I've also heard that like so. What do they do? They just take a hacksaw out of the fucking throat of the python. I don't know. They shoot it in the head, and then they. Well, how about when it's on her though? When it's on her, no, they just pull it off. They put it in a bag, and they take it somewhere else and kill it. They just grab it and start unraveling it. I've heard. I've heard from somebody that having a python on you like that. It doesn't really hurt. What it is is that it's squeezing you, and it's doing it so at like such a rate where not like super uncomfortable, but like every time you breathe out, you realize you can't. Every time you breathe out a little bit, you can't expand anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you let out a little air, it's just like yeah, I'm sure it's psychological. Like holy fuck, there's a fucking huge python on me. Yeah, dude, fucking insane. I just, uh, that's a terrible way to go. I, I even think, like, we go to that little uh, frisbee golf course over mm-hmm. uh, by the school there, and there's a dude that gets the frisbees, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of water on this frisbee course. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have floaters, those things are down there, and they're like three bucks. So who gives a shit? You leave it in the water. Not you. Right. Fucking Isaiah will go to lengths to get a 50 cent fucking frisbee. <laughs> He'll take his shoes off, fucking roll up the pants, and get in there. Get in there and get that floater, man. But there's a dude who makes his living. Well, he doesn't make his living, but you know, he goes in for money and he's like wading in up to his neck, walking around with no shoes on, feeling around for fucking frisbees where they probably always are in the same spots. Yeah. He is, and I'm always worried about uh, there's little alligators in there and like water moccasins. 
that's always something I think about. I don't but think the, that any of that stuff attacks you though. Like I, I, we obviously like I don't want to fuck around with it. I don't know 100. Yeah. percent There could be like a suicidal watermark. And it's like I'm going for this guy. I'm doing this. I'm going this shit. Yeah. I'm all hopped up on. But most of the time, even a little gator is gonna just fucking swim the hell away. It's all the ones that are on bath salts and they're trying to fuck with you. Yeah. And it is Florida, so most wildlife is on, on bath, bath salts. salts. Yeah. Or bath salts. parole and bath salts, or one or the other. I mean, they're. I think it's one of those shows, like, I think my mom asked me, like, I turned it on and I started watching. She's like, is that a show that you would actually be watching or just watching it because you know that guy? And I was like, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think I might watch it because it does take place so close to home. Like, even if I didn't know that guy, I still wouldn't. Now, also an interesting thing. Uh, There's Don- nothing wrong with watching a show or listening to a show, by the way, right. just because you know the participants. Exactly. That adds a whole extra level. Like, you're participating... At an even deeper level than you would be with pretty much anything else that's on TV. Exactly. And I think also, uh, just another little wrap it all up, Donnie Clark's son is also on the show. Gary Clark is on the show. And what's funny was I saw him like walking around out there and, and my friend, Gary Clark, right? And I'm looking at him like, Clark, is that, is that, I think it is, man. I really think that's Is that Mayaka Gold Jr.? Is that Mayaka Gold Jr.? Dude, it's like... <laughs> They got this show, and uh, he's got a little beagle, and he's always out there. And uh, now we're gonna, and they're trying to create like they like they creating their own vernacular for the show to like. But he like really, this Python talk, like well, not not even that. But he's like, we're trying to hucklebuck something. But that's actually something that Dusty he really uh, that's something he really does today. Like he'll be like, are you trying to hucklebuck that son? Like hucklebucking is like Jimmy rigging something. It's just kind of like get all you're gonna you can only hucklebuck something so much before. <laughs> Yeah, he's just trying to go out there and be Dude. Dusty Crumb and just do his thing. That's he's awesome. cranking it up. I remember when I was uh, when I was on the crew with him. He wanted to make these videos called "Doing Something Dumb with Dusty Crumb." He's like, "I just want to go." He's like, "I just want to go back doing something dumb with Dusty Crumb." Like, that'd be funny. <laughs> I just wanted to. He wanted to go back behind. There's this one gas station and all these bums are always hanging out back there, and he wanted to just go back there with like a a 36 pack and lay it down and just record what would happen. Sitting there talking to all the bums. Just drop some Natty Ice and crack one open. Crack one open with them and just hang out and just record it. <laughs> I, said, I think you'd get some good shit. But yeah. Uh, I think you'd get a 30 second video of a homeless guy with 29 Natty Ice under his arm running. Yeah, running. Shoes. <laughs> That's right. But dude, I think uh, he might be a little outside of our reach now. He might be too, he might be burning too bright for to talk to me. But uh, I could reach out to, I think, I feel like I even said I might try to get him on the show before. And I've also, I feel like I've reached out to him already. But I, I, will, re- I, I will reach out. It couldn't hurt for me to reach out to him like on Facebook. I might even still have his phone number. Maybe it wouldn't hurt to maybe make up a little story about how like there's a python and you want to, you have a lead on it. and I got a lead on a python, man. Yeah, it's a big one. It's, I, a, it's a record breaker. It's a record breaker. I, I only seen the first 19 and a half feet of it. And it looks... And like, there was a lot more. There's a lot more. <laughs> I know. It's like... It's like... Because I, it's like I saw it going into the drain. You know, like when you have that long turd that's going into the drain, and you know there's like another foot in there. God, that just reminded me of another Tim Robinson, yeah. the, the shit <laughs> one. <laughs> Which one? He's at the gun store. Trying all the guns. He's like, let me see this gun. And he points it. And instead of just pointing, he's like, does this whole soliloquy. You you really gonna throw me out of this bathroom for like in the beginning? You, said I you don't... painted the whole place. <laughs> I did a paint job. <laughs> did a paint job. Did my paint job. 
It was so like, fucking now, ridiculous. You, By the end of it, he's what did done you like, say this kid, What would you say this gun was for? It's uh, self-defense. For self-defense. <laughs> the guy won't sell him a gun. He's like, you know what? I'd never do this. You can't get a gun. He's like, all right, I get it. Can I use your restroom? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> he's like, all right, see ya. And he walks out. Man, what a great fucking uh, great show. Anyway, but um, yeah, so Dusty Crumb's got a TV show, and I think it would be fun to try to get him on the show. He Usually, sounds like a colorful southern dude. Those guys are fun, definitely. But yeah, if you guys end up catching Guardians of the Glades, I think it's on every Tuesdays at, Tuesdays at 10 or something, Tuesdays at 9 or 10, if you just look up Guardians of the Glades. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to try to ask him to call in on Skype. Couldn't hurt, man. Usually I do these announcements when we when I actually have somebody. But I don't actually have them. I, I think uh, we were friends, man. We, we got along. I don't. I couldn't. But I wouldn't be surprised if we done it. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Pop Flicks. Everyone's a buzz about Popco's new streaming service, Pop Flicks. Let's take a moment to introduce you to some of their new original series. Bojack Horsecock is an animated series that tells the heartwarming tale of an ex-fireman turned kindergarten teacher. Keep the Kleenex handy and check out Doing Strange Things. A group of all-trans ghost hunters search for the paranormal in a small town shared with the Westboro Baptist Church. You won't believe what goes bump in the night. My Old Bird's Box is the story of an elderly man battling dementia and the IRS as he tries to locate his deceased wife's body to find the map to a buried treasure tattooed on her vagina. Or is it just dementia? Popflix starts at $23.99 a month. That's almost twice as much as Netflix. That's how you know it's better. Popflix, a Popco brand. So coffee is like my favorite drink. I'm a daily coffee guy. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked at a coffee shop and I couldn't touch the stuff. I'd pour a million cups a day. Really? Hated it. What the fuck? I don't think young t- kids like coffee, though. I think you taste You both. couldn't tell. Oh, you, you said I couldn't as in that you're not allowed to. But you're saying you didn't because you didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. You got to be careful on how you... I was assuming they work, They put you in work at, at a coffee shop and like, No, don't drink any of the coffee. You're fired. That's. I should have phrased yeah. that better. Yeah, I could have <laughs> drank all day if I wanted to, but I did not. Couldn't. I couldn't stand it. Okay. But um, I, I also worked at a Dunkin' Donuts briefly in high school. I don't know why. Because coffee is fucking big in the Northeast, dude. Yeah, Dunks is big. Yeah, in my hometown of Salem, Mass, 40-some-odd thousand people live there, and there's like 14 Dunkin' Donuts. Isn't Well, I mean, that is like where Dunks was like crazy. I think, I think somewhere in Massachusetts. Somewhere in Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah, because I've been to Salem. It is in, it, it's astounding. It, there's more Dunks there than of any other type of... Actually, the only other... Of any other type of... Um, like chain. Like chain that I've seen anywhere else except for 7-Elevens in Thailand. 7-Elevens in Thailand? Yeah, 7-Eleven. You could be in inside of a 7-Eleven and look up the street and see the sign for the next 7-Eleven. And it wasn't just like... There's a couple places where you can do that with like Starbucks in like New York City. Yeah. But it's just not as frequent. Like it was almost every single one. I would try it out. I'd be in the... I'd walk out and look up and down the street. I'm like, there's another one right there. Like this is insanity. It's, yeah. You yeah. can. I almost think you could travel a good amount of Salem and like, if I said like 
on foot even. You're yes. at a Dunkin' Donuts. You have a minute before you see the next you have one. To you have get to get travel. Yeah. You could do it. You There's a line it. of sight. You could practically fucking see one. Yes. Very quickly. So that's where I'm coming from. I didn't like it when I was a kid. And then when I, after I got out of high school, uh, like mid-90s we're talking, I started drinking it. But I wouldn't do the Dunkin' Donuts thing because I was like, those people are fucking sheep. Why would you want to drink fucking Dunkin' Donuts? Coffee is like, anybody can make coffee. So I was more into like the rot gut free shit. I would Because you can get coffee, if you think about this, and again, maybe not so much in Florida, but even in Florida, you can get coffee in a variety of locations. Up north, any fucking business is going to offer you coffee. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be shit, and it's going to be like in a little, you know that level of styrofoam where you just see the cups and you go... I know this is going to be the shittiest fucking coffee. What is this? A, it's barely legal to be allowed to be called coffee. Yeah, what is this? Like a tax auditor's office or something? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you're right. So no I the would, lobby of a car dealership? But that's what I would drink. Like at work, if they had a free coffee, that's all I would drink. I wasn't buying coffee. I was like, fuck. And I only really drank it in the morning to like charge up. I would never drink good, it later. Get a good judge. Get it, yeah. Get fucking jacked up, you know? Yeah. And then... I would say by the time I got out of college, I was a regular Dunks guy. And then I would say at some point, like I, I think so probably from 95 to 2005, I would say I was a regular coffee drinker and at some point became a Dunks guy. And then in 2005, I started trying out the Starbucks. I didn't like it because it's so much more caffeinated than Dunks. And I, I, I kind of equate it to beer and liquor mm-hmm. where I don't drink hard liquor a lot because I drink it at the same pace I drink beer. Because I've just been drinking beer since I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I don't know. Fucking, Actually, I was kind of late. Probably like <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. 17, 18 is when I probably actually started drinking any beer at all. But uh, I drink hard liquor at that same pace. And same thing. I'll drink a Dunks because it's a Dunks. I know exactly what it does and all that. Once I started drinking the Starbucks, I was like, dude, you cannot absorb a Starbucks at the same pace. You can't drink it's it that It's double way. the caffeine. Yeah. How, how many milligrams of caffeine... It, you, well, I'm looking at a can right here. If that was like a Coke or a Dr. Pepper or something, how many milligrams of caffeine are in that? Do you know? In a Diet Coke, 150 or 145. In a Diet Coke? Is yes. that many? It's actually Diet Coke has more than Pepsi, but Pepsi tastes better. So like a Diet Pepsi But I is think like a regular Coke or something doesn't have that much. I think it's more like 40. Or maybe it is. I'm adding the 100 because I know that Starbucks is like 150 for a thing. But yeah, I think it's it, there is a, it's like 45 to 50. And um, it's more in a Diet Coke than it is a Pepsi. That makes sense. The Diet ones, they probably put a little bit more because that, you know, mm-hmm. that's what they're going for. So that's 12 ounces in a 20 ounce, which is a large Dunkin' Donuts, uh, you get 200 milligrams. So in a, we'll say if it's 40 for a Coke, you double that as 24 ounces, you're at 80. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you're not even at 80 with two Cokes, right? Or you're not even at two Cokes with 20 ounces is what I should say. So we'll say like 70 milligrams. Now you go to that same amount of Dunkin' Donuts, you're at 200 milligrams. Mm-hmm. You go to a Venti Starbucks, which is 20 ounces, it's 400 fucking milligrams of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A pep pill. Have you ever taken like a Vivarin or like a, you yeah, know, those big horse like, pills that uh-huh. are caffeine? Yeah. That's 200 milligrams of caffeine is what's in one of those bad boys. So when you drink a 20-ounce Starbucks, it's like taking two of those. And it's hot water. It's a shot right down your colon. Everything is just charged you know and it's like it's it's high test that is a lot of caffeine you'd have to go to like that cuban coffee or like other espresso or whatever Mm -hmm. to get a higher level of caffeine but because there's no need to take in that much caffeine you'll find those things are much much lower dose like if you get cuban coffee what's the first thing you think of 
It's a tiny little cup. It's a baby fist baby cup. Andrew. Yeah, it's stupid. It's like, I just paid $4 for this. Oh, it's very good. I'm, it's like an ounce. Mm-hmm. Fucking jerk-offs. But it gets you it gets you jacked. It gets you jacked, I guess. I you wouldn't get it because you're, you're an American. You need a, oh, you you need need like big a cup because you have a tiny dick. You know, I a big plate of, like, it's like food. You have to have a big plate of slop. Like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> Actually, the guy that doesn't have that... Uh, Probably doesn't have this that This Russian-Cuban guy, he yeah. was like a back-and-forth spy. <laughs> so, 400 milligrams, it took me a little while to get used to it, but once I started drinking the Starbucks, I think what actually I started doing was the afternoon Starbucks. Because I worked at this place in Maine, they didn't have a lot of Starbucks, but they opened one up, like they opened up this little satellite mall, and it had, in the parking lot of the mall, like a, a cell phone store and a something and a Starbucks. And I was like, ah, oh, it'll be a nice little lunch break thing. Me and my buddy of mine would take like a little loop and just bullshit. Go to, he got a vanilla chai. I remember making fun of him. And actually, now I remember it. I would go with him just to bullshit. And he would get this vanilla chai latte thing. And it was like four bucks. And I wouldn't get anything. I'd get my dunks or, or just go for the ride. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. Then I started getting the coffees once in a while. And now here I am like fucking ten years later. I drink a lot of fucking coffee. Mm-hmm. I actually got the Starbucks Visa card for the points. And it's paying dividends. It's paying it? dividends. You get 6,500 points, and they just changed their par- their point system. So if you get a hot coffee, it only is 50 points. Mm-hmm. So 6,500 points divided by 50 is 130 coffees. You can, you can drink 130 coffees for free. And the points don't up. expire if you go enough and you get like... When the, do you start cashing in on these bad boys? I already have been. Yeah, I don't do it all the time with the iced coffee because it's 150 points for an iced coffee. Oh, okay. So it's like, I don't know, every once in a while I do it. I don't know, maybe i got to work my math out because I can hit by a car tomorrow. I don't want to, they're not going to bury me with these 130 coffees. That's right. And I want to get it back. I just don't want to burn it too hard. That's right. you got to figure out some kind of scheme with these. I'm into it though. I do like coffee and I I found, there's a lot of things about coffee I don't really know. I just just drink it because I know it's like a little stimulant drink and it's legal socially acceptable all that just probably there's a lot of ways you can pep yourself up in the morning right with mm-hmm. needles or pills or a fucking little tutoruski whatever whatever you need you know? right but then there's like money and there's like really serious health issues you always hear on the news coffee is terrible for you then get what you didn't know maybe four cups of coffee is good and you it goes back and forth like eggs and coffee mm-hmm. because they're so ubiquitous there's always teams of scientists trying to like win this tug of war what's what's yeah and as the general public whatever side you're already on with it you can just wait for the other story to come and be like see i knew i was right when the other one comes out you're like no 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 so but whatever i know that caffeine can't be that fucking bad Mm -hmm. i i don't think it is anyway uh but i i found a few little facts about it that was interesting to me for example did you know that when they decaffeinate coffee they take that caffeine and they sell that to the coke people because really? where does that caffeine come from for shit that's not like naturally caffeinated? I thought it was just synthetic. They maybe, maybe they there's, make there's one too. place that is syn- uh, that makes synthetic caffeine and it's in like China, and apparently it's really not good for you. Huh? But it's like the kind of caffeine like I've always assumed that like the caffeine you find in Mountain Dew and different sodas like that it's all synthetic caffeine. I didn't know. I didn't know it was extracted from something else. I always thought when they made like. Um, when they made uh, uh, coffee 
like coffee that way it was a choice of beans like it was a certain type of bean that was really low and then there was also like a roasting technique that made it less potent there is some type of process to decaffeinate it but they do have to decaffeinate it because coffee so i didn't know they were actually extracting caffeine yeah. out of the beans yeah and they sell it to the soda and pharmaceutical companies and also coffee is the bean that's inside like a little fruit. Have you yeah. ever seen how coffee is? Mm-hmm. It's like a little red fruit. It's like a little red. It's almost like a cherry, but smaller. It's right. like a, it looks like a berry that you wouldn't eat. So they dry it. There's two ways they do it. Either they, you know, kind of like grind it up and get the meat off of it and then dry it. Or the other process, which they say is better for the coffee, is they just take the whole thing and let it, let the fruit rot off the beans. Right. And it's supposed to be better that way. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, instant coffee which I know you're a fan of, and I've, I've definitely had enough instant coffee in yeah. my years. I don't mind a different uh, an instant coffee or two. It has been around for 250 years. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, too. Like, people on boats and shit like that, mm-hmm. I mean, you just grind the coffee beans up and... I mean, I guess you just dry them and just grind them up, right? You just dump them right I don't know. I, I, I never knew. I, I thought it was like a... It had to do with like a dehydrator, but I don't know. That's funny. I always thought they, they, to dehydrate food, like they used like a dehydrator like you do for beef jerky or something. I always thought well, that's what they did with the coffee. I don't know. It's interesting because you literally are mixing the, you're eating, you're consuming the coffee that's in instant coffee. Right. You could eat the coffee beans probably too, or you could eat the grounds, but it doesn't dissolve properly in water, so it'd be like chalky. Right. But I don't know. But I mean, as we know, it's like freeze-dried crystals or whatever. That's what I mean. So and it's like made to dissolve. But what is it? I don't. It must be. I don't fucking know. Maybe they mean. make coffee That's and then take thinking. the water out and then dry it into sheets and chop it up or something. And chop it up and then they can. You can make lines with it. You can. You can make lines. Boof it. You can make squares. So wait, I was just talking about how they take that fruit off either by grinding it off mm-hmm. with mechanics or letting it dry and rot off. Right. Luwak coffee is the world's most expensive coffee. I don't know exactly how much it is, but the reason it's so expensive is because... They feed it to a monkey. Yeah, did you know that? Yes, everybody knows that. They feed it to the Asian palm civet, which is a small critter similar to a weasel. They eat the fruit, and they can't digest the bean, Mm -hmm. and they shit it out, and then someone, some poor bastard has to pick through and get the beans out of their shit. Mm -hmm. And then that's the most expensive coffee. Yeah. That's kind of Being, crazy. Um, rat shit coffee. Rat shit coffee. <laughs> yeah. They, it doesn't sell that well, though, because of the name. <laughs> that's not the name that they would do, no. And then yeah. lastly, it would take... You could kill a 150-pound person with just coffee. Of course. 70 you get cups. get it going fast enough. 70 <laughs> cups is what it would cost. Really? 70 cups to a 150-pound person... I'm guessing probably like within the same day, and I'm sure that within somebody. Some hours. And I'm sure that somebody with zero tolerance, because I feel like there are people like there's less alcohol would take it would take to kill somebody who's not already an alcoholic. That's true. You know, like if you've got a tolerance to coffee and you're already like down in like there are crazy people that are upwards of like ten cups a day. Yeah, like that's all they drink, and it's not good for them. But it's taken more than that to kill that fucking person. It's getting them to 70, 75 cups is like, woo, I haven't done this in a while. It made me go, woo. I knew you some know? people that they made their coffee in the morning and then they'd come home from work. This was a couple and they drank a lot of coffee and they would just take the, the little basket out and just add more coffee like it was empty 
Because they were like, what? There's, extra, there's grounds there. Might as well just run through that. It gets, it's like a skillet. You know what I mean? It's like a skillet. You don't really clean it out. You it's like a blackening pan, right? Yeah, we want to have yeah. that. You want to have some. You want the seasoning. Stuff. It's seasoning, man. It's seasoning. Yeah. It's seasoning. I try. So, what is your thing with coffee? How much coffee do you drink? Are you a coffee uh, guy? Yeah, I'm a coffee guy. I drink. I see coffee. you drinking sometimes. Just about every morning, and then there, uh, in my more more recent years, if I I found that when I drink too like too much, there's like a really low cutoff. I like to only have like a cup and a half, maybe two cups. Because if I drink any more, it makes me makes my heart beat too fast. Well, what do you drink? Like, what's your black? Like, but do you so you drink like the work coffee, or you like is there a certain? I know you do the instant. Are you always instant? instant? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unless it's unless I have time to make a cup, then I'll actually brew a cup of coffee, like a, a McDonald's coffee or uh, Folgers or whatever. Yeah, any of them really. I don't. I'm not a huge coffee kind of sewer guy i'm not too picky about what i'm drinking yeah. most of the time it's a means to an end and also a lot of the times it is like a mood that the taste of coffee like being in an old fucking uh greasy fucking diner and and having a cup of coffee is like a mood it's a feeling and, I, and the coffee aids in that it, total experience like you're in there it smells bad it looks bad it feels sticky and you're tasting coffee and that is the whole experience so right. it's, that yeah I, I do like and it's the same thing with like coffee in the morning I wake up in the weekend uh, it's a little bit later the sun's just you know coming up and you know the house is quiet I'm eating eggs and there's coffee involved it's part of the experience but outside of that it's like I don't uh, you're not an afternoon I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm an afternoon sometimes in the afternoon if I do feel I'm coming down a little bit I might have like a cup of coffee for or maybe like a wedding or something if they're like a whole if there's a big to do and you're having pie and they're doing you're like oh a little fucking coffee of course right? but not like it's not a regular thing for you no right yeah, for, yeah not a regular thing I think I have coffee in all the traditional American places you have coffee yeah like you said a bunch of people over for dinner maybe it's Christmas dinner everybody eats an early dinner and then they have pie later yeah. and you sip on some coffee to get the conversation going. I'm usually way too hammered by coffee time on any holiday yeah. to get into the coffee, but it would be nice. As I get older, maybe at some point I'll wind back down to that. But I have coffee at night once in a while. Mm -hmm. I was getting into a thing where I was doing decaf. I actually was thinking, I do know a guy, this might be a subject for another time, non-alcoholic beer. Mm -hmm. I, it's always been a subject where I'm like, what is even the point? But now as I've kind of peeled back the onion and, and recognized... There is a time and a place and a value for decaf coffee. Maybe there's a time and a place for non-alcoholic beer. Not, yeah. Not and now I know beer. I'm a fucking old guy because I'm even like legitimately entertaining that. Yeah, because dude, just for dinner today, I had um, I had tacos for dinner and I had one beer with those tacos because there's something about eating the taco and then having a taste of like a really bitingly cold fucking beer along with it. Yeah. I don't need to get drunk, but that thing almost tricks my brain enough to know it's like a good time's coming or you're about to go fall asleep or whatever it is and it's the same thing like tomorrow i'm gonna make a couple of uh a couple of steaks tomorrow and i'm gonna crack open a fucking bottle of some like really potent red wine because there's something about the flavor of beef and just taking a sip it's the same thing with like the coffee in the morning yep it's it just goes along with the whole experience and i like it yeah i don't want to get fucking drunk because dude it's about enjoying the intake uh, man it's about enjoy i like that because you do have to recognize those things and enjoy that. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to slow down. Even if you're eating a fucking McEgg McMuffin, <laughs> this, this, you can eat an Egg McMuffin 80 miles an hour down the highway, be totally focused on other shit, 
and just inhale the goddamn thing and not enjoy it for Dude. a fucking second. Or you're driving to work on a Saturday, you're not in a huge rush, and you take you just have a few and you can savor even shit is what I'm saying. Right. You can enjoy it. Can I tell you what I have a problem? Just real quick before we, you know, oh, he's before gonna, we wrap this up the this anti segment. egg McMuffin rant. No, dude, this is I have a fucking problem. And this is a problem that has only crept up on me. I have a I have a McGriddle problem. Uh-oh. Dude, I I've never had a McGriddle. <laughs> I never Okay, so here's my thing. I tried like a McGriddle a long time ago. As a goof. As a goof. Guys, I swear. It always starts as a goof. I tried a McGriddle a long time ago, and it didn't leave any kind of lasting impression. It was like right when it came out, when it was supposed to be a limited time thing, but it just fucking, they got people so hooked, they tried to take it away, and there was fucking riots. Uh, But the, I'm just an Egg McMuffin. Most of the time, I'm not even a McDonald's guy. Right, not even a McDonald's guy. It's shameful in 2019. I'm more of a Burger King. I don't. I, there's no shame for me going to fast food. I don't give a fuck about that. But I was just Florida like, boy. They don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm mean, you know I like Florida. I wanted. I go to Burger King for the uh, croissant, uh, like the croissant wedge there that they have, right? But then there was a McDonald's on my way to work, and I would hit it every once in a while, right? And I'm hitting it. I'm getting the McMuffins, and I'm like, I'm happy with that. One day I decide because they're like. 50 cents. I know. Six for a buck. Come on into McDonald's. We'll give you the coffee for free. Six for a buck McMuffin. Just get the fuck out of here. They're throwing it at you. Get the fuck out of the store. Just drive around. I got a... I was like, just just to try it out, because it's been so long. I was like, ah, let me just try it. I got an, a, a McGriddle, right? And I tasted it, and I was like, this is shit. It's like it feels like the flavor of whatever this is is being is being chemically burned into my mouth, and it just it, it's not pleasing. I was like, it's almost like it's it's like a burning, like an acid. Is it burn. supposed to be like a McMuffin, but the the instead of an English so it's, muffin, it's, it's sausage. Waffles. It was sausage, egg, cheese, and then the bun itself is pancake infused with syrup. So. <laughs> Here at the McDonald's Labs, you motherfuckers said we couldn't do it. Your syrup. You're so on the go. This whole thing is triple layered. It's in a ball. Oh my god, dude! It's like gobstopper. But now, but then, I don't know what it was. So that experience, I was like, well, that's good. I never have to try another one, right? Just question. Wait, you asked. Now you've got a question. I'm thinking of like Chul's gum. Right. Where I bite into Chul's gum and there's like a little liquid core. Uh-huh. Is that what I'm getting with syrup, or is it just there like there are pockets of that? There are pockets <laughs> of syrup. <laughs> oh shit! But it's like it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be more homogenous and spread out. But of course, every once in a while, you're like, oh, that's just like that's a, like a pocket. You know what I mean? It's not. It wasn't supposed to be there, but it's like there's more gathered there than there's supposed to be. But dude, it. So then. This this time I like I said I, I it burned my mouth I was like I don't want this it doesn't taste good right something got into me for a third time I don't know why I would do this if you didn't like it why are you eating it not like it's not like it's vegetables and you, you, there's a reason for you to like it like there's no reason McDonald's fucking chemistry dude but <laughs> so I buy it I was like it was like weeks later weeks later I was like fuck it I'll get another one I got another one and it was the Single most amazing breakfast sandwich I have ever <laughs> <laughs> into my fucking mouth. That's funny. to the point 
where now I legitimately, when I wake up in the morning, I have to like, it's a battle of, of me convincing myself like you do not need a McGriddle. Do not buy yourself a fucking McGriddle. How many days? It. Are we going to get a five-day chip? <laughs> dude. Seven-day chip? Dude, how many days free and clear? Yeah. I had... Oh, <laughs> shit. He had one right now. I had two on Friday. Two? Dude, here's what's really fucked wow. up. Here's what's really fucked up. There are days There are days when I'm on my way to work. <clears throat> I pull up. There's a, there's a McDonald's right there on my way it's on the same side of the road and everything i pull in i get a mcgriddle and i'm driving i'm usually on the highway because the mcdonald's is so close to the highway i'm on the highway and dude i'm in it i am just massive u-turn to go back and get the second one every bite is like oh my god and i savor it and i just hold it for a while i'm like this is just i can't it's it's in and then and then i finish it i finish the mcgriddle and i am i'm like I want more. I want more. And I passed a second McDonald's on... Where's the other McDonald's? Up in Palmetto? It's in Palmetto. Holy and, and it's shit. on the other side of the street. It's on the other side of the street. Oh, so I do have to hit a nightmare. I, had a, I have to hit a stoplight. I have to make a left into the stoplight. When leaving, I have to go out into the road, come back and make a U-turn to get back on track just to get a second one. And it's I've done that more than once. This is so funny because you're like a very clean eater. Like most of the shit that he eats, he's like nature boy, fucking natural shit. This is funny. You know what it is? It's voice activated Dude. chemistry. They're like, listen, we, we can get in trouble if we put these addictive properties in the griddle. What activates them is not a McDonald's commercial. That would be too sadistic. We do certain Pepsi commercials or Tide commercials. Tide commercials are activated. You want a McGriddle? I think I'm going to eat a McGriddle. I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> I got ants. I got ants. I'm That's actually, crazy. I did not know that. I love dude, it. Uh, there is, and and so my my thing is, so on Friday, I had one and it was kind of shit. And I was like, but there's something. I, I need another one. I was like, I want another one. And I was also telling myself that I'm not going to have one for like an extended period of time. So that's what was okay to have two and I got one I got one on I got one on Monday I got one on Wednesday and I got two on Friday last week all right I when I'm in the line when you're in the line at a McDonald's and you've got a McDonald's bag in your passenger seat that's gonna be crumpled up and discarded out of yeah I look around I look around when I'm <laughs> fucking shucking on the floor <laughs> so they don't see it because, dude, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to throw my bag away from my drive from the other McDonald's. Oh, my God. Well, sorry, that's okay, but you still have the last bite of McGriddle in your... Can you put it down to give us your card so you can get the next... Dude, McGriddle? and you know McDonald's has that data, right? Like, you know McDonald's has my purchase data twice in the same morning at two different fucking McDonald's. fucking... <laughs> 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 they're like this... They're like, don't worry, son... Uh, it's not that unique. <laughs> That's oh my funny. god, That's dude! Fucking funny. The coffee, the places. Done. All right. So last note too mm. on this: the coffee place thing is a big deal. When I leave, if I want coffee outside of you know between here and work, some days I'll just go and get the free shit at work. Mm-hmm. It's shit coffee though, and it doesn't have the juice. So it's like I'm gonna have like fucking four cups, and it's not still gonna. So when I leave, I can hit that dunks right there, but I gotta cross the road, which is a pain in the ass. And then get back out. It's not the worst thing in the world. Depending on the time, I'll hit that one. Sometimes you go in and you're like, what the fuck? The, the drive-thru is like around the building. 
And then you look inside and you're like, what the fuck are you people doing? How are there 30 people in line? Mm-hmm. But I'm not leaving because I'm like, shit, I'm already committed. I already waited like a minute to turn into that traffic. If I don't hit that dunk, though, the, there's two more. One is... If I take 64, mm-hmm. there's a dunks on the other side. I've never in my life, and I never will, do what you were just talking about. <laughs> do the, the Yui to go back and then get back in. No fucking way. I cannot no do it. Way. So if I go and I'm taking 64, <laughs> I've committed I'm not doing dunks. Right. I don't like to do the Starbucks. There's one right when I get off the highway. I'll never go to the one like this way on Clark when I'm going to work because it's the right. other way. Right. But there is one right when I get off the highway in 64. I'll go to that one. And then there's one right at that big intersection right before work. I'll go to that one. If I go Palmetto, which I've done before just to go to the dunks. Yes. Like these coffee things fucking rule us. I go, it's like right now this time of year when all the snowbirds are gone, school is out. It's a pretty clear drive. I'm not going up to Palmetto. There's no need to do all that shit. Uh-huh. But I have done it in the last few weeks at least once because I wanted to hit the dunks and, and I didn't want to go to the early one. Yep. You hit the dunks and it's right on your way. It's it right rules on the, the whole Dude, fucking thing. It rules... Dude, that McDonald's, the first McDonald's, it's the corner of uh, Bee Ridge and Cattleman. Because I take Proctor all the way up to Cattleman to get on Okay, because I was going to say, which one It's right there. I, I go and I pass the engine. Yeah. Every time I pass it, I'm like, there's a McGriddle. There's a McGriddle. You know there's a guy in a McDonald's somewhere in an office going, the McDonald's arch thing works. Where like you'll drive on Proctor and you'll stop at the light. And they'll actually be like a structure owned by McDonald's over the road. Mm-hmm. And at, you're at the light and they're just like, can I get you anything? You're already at the light. Oh All you, you just have to order 10 cars back and you're inside. Oh like those drive through liquor stores in Texas, McDonald's will Bruce totally Bruce. be the ones that do right. that. You're just all of a sudden you're in it. Like you can't not drive through. It's a tunnel. You're not going underwater. You're just going through a McDonald's. Look, buddy. You're, you're here anyway. McGriddles. McGriddles. We'll just scan your license plate and put it on your tab. Just come on, buddy. You do, I didn't order this. Oh, no. We know what you want. Dude, Believe they're going to start. They've already started. In. <laughs> they're already doing that. You didn't hear about that? All that. <laughs> Dude, all that. They started. Um, they have They have started uh, like getting AI. Like, uh, Sorry, yeah. McDonald's just purchased AI that is, that is analyzing users' data. Yeah. And it's going to start knowing what you want. So like when you step up to McDonald's, like, what's your name? Isaiah Cooper? Oh yeah, it says you want a McGriddle. Is that right? Is that what you want? I'm like, how did you know? It said you want three. Well, the data is way <laughs> wrong. This is just foolish. How much is uh, it? The data is pretty solid. You're a three guy. You're a three McGriddles. Three McGriddles. Get out of his way. He really needs it. <laughs> I, who else? I want to know who else out there is a severe. Does anyone else have a McGriddle addiction? Everybody's just, got their guilty pleasure food thing. Dude, that I, was I tried. People laughed at me, and I wonder how many actually people tried this. Kentucky Fried Chicken years back. The I, double down? The double down. <laughs> I had one, dude. It was literally two pieces of fried chicken with <laughs> bacon and cheese in the middle. It was the greasiest. What do you do, Jim? Well, who was it? Uh, uh, Patton Oswald. What are you double downing on? What are you double doubling down, down, down on? Your <laughs> health? Yeah. Your heart? Dude, dude, that was such a funny bit. The 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 Kentucky Fried Chicken double down Patton Oswald. Yes. Oh man. Good time. Greg, that's it. Here we are. We're at the very end. What did you learn on this episode? I think we covered a lot of ground. I learned a lot on this episode. I learned. That, you know, sometimes billionaires do need our help. They cannot just be mercilessly attacked by the common folk. You didn't learn that this episode. I learned that this episode. You taught me that 
What did you learn, Greg? Uh, I learned that I want to watch uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. I think that sounds funny. I like the Henry Zabrowski thing. I think I'm going to watch that. And I also want to catch that David Tell interview on your mom's house. On your mom's house. It's yes. not a, it's, it's a Jeff Ross, Jeff Jeff Ross, Ross interview, interview, but he talks about. a lot about David Tell and tr- what it's like traveling with him, what it's like doing uh, bumping mics with him. It's just like, you know, that more of that insight into who fucking David Tell is, which I'm sure everyone's... everyone's I'd love to hear Jeff Ross explain what an insignificant sidebar he is to the burning candle of David Tell. It'd be interesting to hear. <laughs> He's not nah, the opposite. Jeff is like, without me, Dave is basically just your run-of-the-mill uh, vaudevillian comedian. I And I have so much talent, my next idea is to put Gilbert Gottfried in a Hitler costume. That's how much talent I'm oozing. I'm well, sorry. what's David Tell doing? Shot. What's David Tell doing? Just kicking out the David Tell humor, baby. Ugh, where? Where can I catch him? Nowhere? <laughs> I learned on this episode that in 1993, the uh, the World Trade Center was bombed for the first time. It wasn't as... It's not as exciting or glamorous or the uh, 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 as any of the other things. I also learned that 60 Minutes was the most popular show in 1993 which is an idea of how exciting 1993 was 1993 arguably the most boring year thus to date (laughs) folks i hope you enjoyed this episode listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it we love to hear from you if you can if you want to to comment on the millennial book club or just you know, reach out to us and say, hey, how's it going? You can do so at roadsodamail at gmail.com. Again, that's roadsodamail at gmail.com. And when you do that, send us your mailing address too because then we will send you. We don't care where you are. You could be in New Zealand and we would love to send you a postcard. That's right, a postcard right to your house. We handwrite on it. We say, hey, how you doing? And we write a little message, maybe a poem, and we send it right to your house. And... Uh, you could send all that stuff to roadsodamail at gmail.com. I hope you have a good week. You know For God's sakes, get enough sleep. Go to bed right now. You'll wake up tomorrow feeling better. It will change your it'll fucking life. It will change your fucking life. life. Go to bed early.